0: Experience effortless shaving like never before with Gillette Fusion ProGlide 5 from Chemist Warehouse, only $17.24. This is Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on SENZ. Rises as
1: one. Oh, we didn't, didn't we? I don't even know the words, but good morning to you. That song, I don't know what it is. Have you never heard that just made... Mate, I've heard that song plenty. I just I'm horrible <laughs> at it. Don't get me out of karaoke unless there's words up in front of me, otherwise I'll just mime the utter. <laughs> wrong sentence. But I don't know, that just made me feel amazing at 6 a.m. on a Wednesday. It's so good, Kempy. Oh, How are you feeling? Captain K,
2: mate, running the cutter, as soon as you walk in this in the morning, he goes, What do you like? Do you like this? And he whoops out a song and it's like, yep. First thing in the morning mate, nothing like getting a Captain K special and uh, mate, running around like a, like a blue ass this morning, um, <laughs> you know, just find, trying to look, I'm look, I haven't got my phone, lost my phone, I thought I left it somewhere and Sammy's just said mate, it's here with us, so just don't panic, um, yeah man, and so much going on again, Wimbledon, wow unbelievable don't, don't claim
1: it oh. don't claim it Tony <laughs> no. don't, 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 hey. don't claim it
2: I did say to Paulie Mawadi yesterday that I did, did say to Paulie Mawati can no, you rephrase you it didn't. for us please no, you oh, cut it out Sammy it's just like the two tries <laughs> mate Luke Medcarp
1: <laughs> you said can you Quinella them up what were you wanting to Quinella
2: well anyone except the two that Paulie Mawadi wanted us the back the anchor <laughs> He did it again. <laughs>
1: Can't wait to talk to him
0: later this morning.
1: <laughs> oh, you crack me up. All right, let's rip straight into We've got a big show, but I'll quickly, before we get to you, Sammy, John's come through. This is crazy. I just read that Dan Hooker had a fractured face in the fight, just under his eye. The guy's a psycho. Got to be one of the hardest men in sport. <laughs> up there with my mate Goggins, I reckon. Oh, a broken face, a broken hand. Didn't miss a beat. <laughs> Punched Adrenaline. his lights out, Jalen Turn, Oh my There's no one tougher mate uh, Dan Hooker, he's back in the winner's circle And yes, David Goggins mm, Might be a bit far-fetched if you're going to compete with Goggy, But uh, Dan Hooker did it pretty well In that UFC fight How good But Sammy, Kempi picked it Or did he not? what's we
3: got? We'll go back and look at the tape, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll put, call you out, Tony. Maybe we should put something on it. Is he like if he didn't? If he's making up porkies, we should make it. We should come up with a punishment just so he learns. <laughs> he said a Quinella. Just, so we, I know said he Quinella. said a Quinella, but I thought he wanted to quanala like the, the favourites. Never heard Kuanalling the, the
2: unceded.
4: Wasn't the favourites? Paulie
2: Moari was giving us the favourites, mate. That's what he said. Unbackable. Go back and listen. He said,
3: "Unbackable." I will favorites. go back and listen, Tony. We'll see. That. Look, I'm, I'm just, I'm just suspicious. That's all it is. But we'll go back and look at the tape and find it's out. Suspicious your minds, kids, get that up. It's a great song. So, um yeah, look, uh, if you are just waking up and you've completely, yeah, uh, you've completely missed it. So, number one, seed, Ega Schwatek, She's been knocked out of uh, Wimbledon yet again uh, by unseeded Elena Svitolina. Five uh, seven in the first set to Svitolina. She came back seven six in the tiebreak, Ega, and then uh, in the third set it was all uh, Svitolina six two. Um So, Ega Schwartik once again, out uh, in the fourth round. She just can't get past that. Despite being a, a Wimbledon Juniors champion in 2018, there is something about this tournament that she can't get over the world number one. Um, so, look, when we talk a little bit of tennis later on, maybe that's a question. Um, how, you know, what, What's going wrong for her? The other one was uh, Jessica Cabo- uh, Jessica who who is the uh, fourth seed over mm-hmm. in the women's draw, she knocked out by unseeded Marqueta Vandrosova. 4-6 uh, in the first, 6-2 in the second, 4-6 in the third, so a- another uh, seeded player out. So two unseeded going through to the semi-finals uh, and then tomorrow oh. in the women's uh, quarters you've got uh, Madison Keys up against Anya Sabalenka. Sabalenka's got to be the favourite now, um, defending Aussie champion, number two seed, and then Jabeur, the sixth seed up against Elena Ribikina, the third seed, Ribikina the defending Wimbledon champion. Um, on the men's side, um, nothing to write home out really yesterday. Uh, Alcraz did end up getting over Matteo Baratini. Yannick uh, uh, Sinner got up, up over Roman Safulin. And currently at the moment, with a little bit of live sport for you, uh, we've got Novak Djokovic, mm. who uh, lost the first set 6-4 to uh, Andre Rublev, came back 6-1 in the second, currently 5-4 uh, in the third set. It is deuce with advantage to Rublev, and it's a potentially break point here for him. So that one might go to a tie break Ooh. as well. So look, it's all go, boys in Wimbledon this morning.
1: Oh, it's all going. watching that uh, on the updates here. I don't know how live it is, but I've got advantage to Rublev over Djokovic. 5-4, and if he evens that up, imagine that. Going to fourth set, back against the wall for Joker. Imagine, imagine if he gets bundled out. Swartek, what's going on there, Kempi? Obviously the grass, she struggles a hell of a lot on the grass. She's been knocked out, and yet again in early stages of Wimbledon, can't swap, quite seem to make it click over there on the famous grass court. No, and and Sammy picked it
2: yesterday. hasn't got through to the quarters yet. Mm. Um, even though she's Simi's, she, uh, yeah. even though she's won it as a junior. I don't know whether it's you know starting to play on her mind. You know, mm. I, I just you know get get to that uh, that part of the tournament. You know, you know what that's like. You know you you're coming up though against some player or, you know, in some situation and something, you know, rejigs a memory and then all of a sudden you start Mm -hmm. to double take yourself, you know, like, oh man you know, you get a little bit of jitters here and there and I think with her, like the longer she fails to make those semis, the harder it's going to get.
3: So, interesting point, because um, we spoke to someone last week around how players struggle with Wimbledon. Obviously, the grass season is the shortest season of all the formats, so a lot of people that play on clay, that season can be quite long, and you obviously got hard court. The the summer the grass court is only a very short summer season, so a lot of them don't get to play on it very much. Um, and then you know the fact that grass is very different, the ball uh, bounces differently, um, you've got to be lighter on your feet, so some of the heavy-footed players generally struggle. But because she won as a junior, you can't really use that as an excuse, Kim. But I think the mental thing probably has a little bit more weight. Maybe yeah. she's just got the yips when it comes to Wimbledon.
2: Yeah, well, you know, being knocked out again, I tell you, she'll be lying in bed this morning or um, or sitting in her, in her own little space thinking, what do I need to do? Like and it wasn't as if she she had she had it all in front of her, you know, um, a couple of seated players are already being knocked out. She's up up against unseated players and she can't get past even unseated players, you know like it's you know you, you look on the other side, you' got the Joker, you know who's just absolutely dominating. We're, we're thinking about the grand Slam and all that sort of stuff, aren't we Izzy? But on the woman's side, mate, she's oh, she's open slather on the woman's side.
1: Mm. Yeah, I like Onsjabur, Rubelinka. That game tomorrow, I think, is going to be an outstanding matchup. Hopefully, Ons Onsjabur can get over the line. But, yeah, Lamy's come through. Morning in general. Michael Venus is through the quarterfinals. And on that, he's up against his former partner, Tim Putz. In the quarter final, so I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully, Michael Venus can continue on with Jamie Murray, Andy Murray's brother, and continue that form. That was our Wimbledon tennis. We'll be talking about that throughout the show. But Sammy, All Blacks, Jordan, Talia, the back, where do they fit? What do you got?
3: Oh, boys, uh, I'm actually going to run through the uh, the Springboks team for you quickly because uh, that was named mm. yesterday and uh, it's it's fierce. We know that um, they sent over a bunch of players early uh, to, you know, get acclimated quickly and uh, prepare themselves for Mount Smart. So starting 15 just quickly for you, Stephen Kitsoff, a bongy, uh, Imbornabi, I'm going to struggle with some of these names, uh, Franz Malherber, those, that's the uh, front row, then Eben Ezebeth, uh, Lou Diaga, uh, the two locks, gee, that, that's potent, uh, Quagga Smith, Franco Moster, and Jasper Weiss, that is the, uh, the back row, and then Faf de Klerk at number nine, Damien Williamse, William, what is that, William, Williamse, I'm trying to think of how they said it. Williams 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 William. Is uh, is the number ten? Uh, Makazola and Pimpi and Cheslin Colby the two against. Wow, that's potent. And uh, Damien Dialende, de uh, Arm, um, one of the best midfielders in the uh, best midfield combinations in the world. Willie Larue in the fifth. That is a potent fifteen, is he? And then on the bench they got Malcolm Marks, Thomas de Toit, Vincent Koch, uh, RG S- uh, Snyman, uh, Peter Steph de Toit, uh, Dwayne Vermeulen, Grant Williams, and Maine Lebok. That is one strong Springbok side. <laughs>
1: It is strong. When you've got an opportunity, Chuck, Peter, Steph, the World Player of the Year in 2019, and Dwayne Vermeulen, who has been World Player of the Year, on the bench to provide that impact, it ain't going to be easy. I'm loving that we're going to get to see an opportunity to see Jason Colby, who's had some uh, off-season situations when he got uh, taken away from Toulon and he's moved on. And uh be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, Damien Deliendi. Uh, the Big Twelve at twelve, man. They are just gonna. You know exactly what they're gonna get, Kempi. Mm. They're gonna be physical. They're gonna come here and they're gonna try and bully them up front and, and play the South African way. Hey, just, oh, just, man, just bef- it is a tough out, tough team.
3: Just before you get to uh, the All Blacks team, uh, Izzy, the, the one, the big thing for me is the tab currently at the moment has New Zealand a dollar twenty-seven of the Springboks three seventy. You cannot tell me that there is a there is a two-dollar Forty-three difference in the in in that team. Three seventeen. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the point start. The point start is ten and a half,
2: and they get ten and a half points. Thank you very much.
1: I <laughs> will take that, won't you?
3: I'll take that. But
1: I I'd think I think um something yeah. Paulie's just a little bit off, isn't he? Pulling a little bit off with uh, some of those odds just doesn't feel ludicrous right. Ludicrous. Doesn't feel right.
2: Three
3: dollars something.
1: Not with Three that. Bucks. Not with if that Springboks team. Not nearly, with how they play.
2: Nearly four dollars, and look, I know it's a really, really good South African team. Is he big and aggressive, and you're going to mount smart of all places, the, the home of league where they, you know, got this totally different environment that the All Blacks are used to, and I just you know it's actually ramping up to be a absolute physical humdinger mm. you know oh. and if we ever wanted to to you know uh, see where we are as far as the mongrel stakes go then I'll tell you don't miss the game we're going to find out a lot of, um, about this game on the weekend.
3: Added seats at Mount Smart as well, 31,000 capacity, which they're leaving up for the Warriors. Sorry to segue into league here, boys, but they're leaving that up for Sunday, Kempi. So if you're keen <laughs> to go to the Sharks Warriors on Sunday. What a, he- what a um, doubleheader. Yeah, and 31K, that's going to be a good crowd if we can get that on both days. How good would that be?
2: Well, I don't, oh, think, I don't think so. I don't, I'm just trying to think when we, the last time we did that. I think it was in Wellington. At Athletic Park, they played an All Black Test and a Kiwi Test on the same weekend. Wow! Okay. Yeah, so mate, I'm talking about numbers.
3: Yeah, yeah. Was probably the
2: last time they did that. So, um, mate, thirty-one thousand. I'll tell you what, there'll be some Warriors fans that are happy because they get some tickets.
3: A lot of people doing the double. A lot of of people going to the Saturday and the Sunday.
2: Oh, town will be rocking. Town will be rocking with people from out of town.
1: Mount Smart. Not traditionally your your All Blacks test, but I'm looking forward to it. There's plenty of debate about the ABs as well. You got Jordan and Talia making a comeback. Where did they fit in the picture? Double eight, double three. But Paralympics. Lisa Adams in the winners' circle, and uh, we've got plenty more about the Paralympics here, Sammy. What do you got? Yep,
3: Lisa Adams winning gold uh, yesterday in the shot put. Um, look, family ties, of course, to the uh, to the Adams family. Mm. Just, I mean. Gee, just have just have the last name be part of that family, and you're going to, you know, win gold medals on the world stage, or you're going to play in the NBA. Um, so she picked up gold, you which is fantastic overnight. Uh, William Stedman, uh did one better than 2019 when he won silver. One, um, sorry, bronze. He won silver last night in the 400 meter T36 final. Fantastic. And then this morning we were huddled around the uh, computer screen watching Anna Grimaldi pick up bronze in the 100 meter final. That's a fantastic result for her. Still young, still plenty more to give. And of course, as uh, Paralympics next year to follow the olympics so this is a big build-up for those athletes they usually have uh, the para world champs every two years haven't had one since 2019 because of COVID and stuff so they've had a big break um, but it's great to see the, uh, the the kiwi athletes out there and we're gonna uh, we're gonna have a chat to the uh, team new zealand leader Rayle, uh yeah railing baits a little bit later on in the morning
1: man we thrive don't we we thrive in, in paralympics you got sophie pasco leading the charge for many years but the new faces are coming through and Lisa Adams with that famous last name. Great to see her back. And uh, and continuing off where she left off. So, yeah, looking forward to celebrating that after 7 o'clock with Raylene Bates. State of origin. State of origin. Mark Gassner after 8. We spoke to him yesterday, Kimpy. He's confident. He is confident, Sammy, that this team can get back to winning ways. And potentially save Freddie's life yeah. as a
3: coach. No, I'm looking forward to your boys <laughs> chat with uh, with Gaz. Um, yeah, game three, of course, tonight in uh, in Sydney, New South Wales, of course, Stadium, looking to avoid uh, their first series whitewash since 2020 uh, 2010, New South Wales, and I tell you what, Kempe, they had a much worse team back in 2010 than they do now. You, you look at that New South Wales team, that should not be losing 3-0 on State of Origin, but that's the, what we're looking at in 2023. Freddie's head well and truly on the line. Queensland with just one major change, uh, AJ chain Brimson's coming in at fullback for the suspended Reese Walsh. Corey Horsburgh is uh, coming into the side for Tommy Flegler. Um on the Blues side. They made eight changes, big changes. Uh, Stefano Uccamano yesterday, very very interesting comments. Can be, as to why he was dropped. Can't believe it. I'm not sure whether maybe there's a he's uh, there's been a miscommunication there, but he basically told reporters that Freddie had rung him he's and telling, said, "He's telling the truth." We're arresting you for game three, and yeah. I'm thinking, what you, for game four? What, you, what are you arresting him for, Freddie? <laughs>
2: do, you think, does, yeah. do you think the the young Do you think the young boy would actually make up porkies? No, 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 no. He's just come out. He's just come out and said, well, this is what he said to me. Like, he hasn't hasn't minced his words. He's just said, oh, he told me that he's resting me. It's like, like, I'm resting you for what? Next week.
3: <laughs> yeah, and so the interesting thing tonight, Ken, we'll get your thoughts on this. Um, New South Wales making all of these changes to so Cody Walker coming into the halves. Uh, then you've got Cam Murray, Damien Cook in the starting lineup. So they're trying to get a bit of South continuity there. Bradman Best's coming into the centres. The problem, I see what Freddie's trying to do here. He's just trying to, he's almost desperate. But, um, the thing with Queensland is they've built this team over two or three years. So it's very hard to see New South Wales winning tonight given that that many changes and how in origin we know it's about building the combinations and the partnerships. This is almost a, a New South Wales what well it is a New South Wales team that hasn't been together at all.
2: No and, and Mark Gasnia touches on that from a St. George perspective, so we'll talk more about that later on in the show. You know the interesting part for me, Sammy about uh, New South Wales. And this is how far behind the Origin 8 ball they are. They're now talking about Boyd Cordner being the coach. Gee whiz. Honestly. So Boyd Cordner, mm. the, the calls for Boyd Cordner, who's just retired from Sydney City, has come out that he should be the next New South Wales coach. I've gone, What wow. have they got to
1: lose, Kempe? <laughs> <Pete? laughs> yeah. oh, another, ser- another
2: series by 3-0 mm. for the next <laughs> 10 years. Mm.
1: Why, why, why? Why can't Boyd Cortner do the same thing that uh, Billy Slater's been able to do? He's got a new South Wales through and through.
2: He oh, knows dear? Exactly oh there, the you go, there you go. There you go. Because he's not Billy Slater. <laughs> he's a second rower. You know what I mean? He's, like, <laughs> catch he's had the, a few head knocks Catch as well. the ball and run forward and get tackled. like get Billy, Slater. Billy Slater's get strategy, you know, he's full back. He's out the back. He's with the coach. What are you he saying about forwards? It? Stay in the forwards. Get, get, <laughs> get bashed up and let the pretty boys run the strategy. <laughs> get forwards. Can't coach. What do you say? What do you say about tight five and the prop and the props?
5: Just hit that
1: rock. That's exactly <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> oh, well, boys, here yeah, I've got a great question of the day. It revolves, uh, revolves around State of Origin tonight <laughs> because uh, that is the big sporting fixture today. We do have All Blacks Warriors this weekend, but State of Origin game three tonight. I'm sure people will be stuck around the TV sets to watch it. So, can't wait. Question of the day. Can't wait. Question of the day. Player of the game. Who gets player of the game this evening? I want speculation. I want predictions. You can text through on double eight double three. Tony Kemp.
2: Oh well, I, I threw it out yesterday. I think um, Nanai and Fafita specials for scoring tries against New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say. Oh, who am I going to go for here? Well, first of all, Monster.
3: Who th- I was going to say, who do you think is going to win, Queensland? I think you, I think Queensland is going to be too so good. So you got to pick a Queensland player. Munster, I, I, think
2: I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't. I don't think it's going down in New South Wales and and it's going to be shut up shop six four. Yeah. You know. I just think Queensland. You know, three three games together. Their backline has been hasn't even been spoken about. It's the best backline I've seen for a long time. Mm. Um, against the New South Wales side where their edges are sh- honestly shaky.
3: Mm. Well, yeah, the edges are shaky. We'll see if Bradman Best makes difference. Is he? What do you reckon? Player of the. Look, I'm
1: I'm Queensland, but I'm really excited to see what Cody Walker can do to this back line for New South Wales. Mm, Nice. I I think, um, think, yeah, if if, uh, New South Wales is going to have a chance, I think his combination with uh, Mitchell Moses is going to be big. And, uh, yeah, if Cody Walker, if New South Wales get up, I think Cody Walker will become player of the match, and he'll be the guy that can steer them in the right direction. Take it away from Jerome Luai was pretty disappointed in the first two outings. I think uh, Cody Walker will probably be player of the match tonight. And it's which that means I'm going against my Queensland team. But I think New South Wales will find a way,
3: potentially. No, nothing wrong with it. Uh, Cody Walker next to Mitchell Moss so. There you go. Uh, text you on 8833. Um, can't wait, question of the day. Who's player of the game tonight in State of O? M- might revisit that tomorrow morning.
1: Beautiful. Let us know. There's a couple of messages coming through. We'll get to those shortly after this. But you're listening to Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Keeping you healthy this winter, Kimpy. Yes, welcome back. 28 past six on a Wednesday morning. We're talking all things sport, Paralympics, Wimbledon, State of Origin. Now, can't wait. Question of the day. Who is the player of the game in tonight's State of Origin match? Game three. I've got on Cody Walker. I think Cody Walker coming in with Mitchell Moses. Most as Sammy Hewitt uh, says. Uh, I think he'll have an influential game and a big game to boot out there. Nani for feeder. For Kempi in the state of origin, and a message has come through. I believe Razor was a forward, and he's not a bad coach, Kempi. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Okay, come on. I know i have got that. Yeah, I'll, it I'll, was a I'll loose forward. I'll take that wrap around the chin. No worries at all. It's <laughs> a, it was a loose. You know when you're beaten. You know when you're beaten. That's right. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. I, Thank you, Izzy. Put that in the back. It could have been a five eight. Just, uh,
3: just want to say as well, Mitchell Mossesi. That's just our little campaign to get him playing for the Kiwis. So, uh, that and uh, Luke uh, Mikiyafi. No chance. And uh, Luke Mikiyafi from the Warriors, who uh, I've heard has some multi blood as well.
2: <laughs> oh mate, some five eights finally coming out of the closet in New Zealand. Oh. How good.
3: I mean, we do have yeah. Jerome, he, we do he have he Jerome really Hughes and Dylan Brown. Has he
2: ever test in, the, in, the, like, in my
3: lifetime? Well, I tell you what, Michael Maguire oh. has the easiest job in world sport. <laughs>
2: Getting paid to do what? When work? are they playing again?
3: Well, they're supposed to play, with the, it's locked in, they're playing Australia at the end of the year. I don't know if the date's locked in, but Michael Maguire Why has said... To, to yeah. Why
2: would you pay someone to coach one test? Why would you pay someone? Seriously. Does he get paid my, per my, game, my, or does my, he get paid... My club needs some carpet.
3: Does he get paid per um? Mate, if, I, if it was me
2: coaching the Kiwis, I'd get the money back. <laughs> <laughs> we so, don't
1: Kimby, do you know? Kimby, you'd know. What's His contract. It?
3: Does he get paid it'll per game? It'll be salary yearly?
1: It'll be every month. Don't, invoice don't, it in don't get me started I've done a bit of analysis at home <laughs> yeah. come on oh, don't be lying he's yeah. watching all the games Kemp yeah, oh he's yeah. on selection of course he's of course he's is. That. his
3: yeah, he's, he's so, camera, so, so he's with Canberra. so he's assistant
2: coach of camera so you add that on I'm watching every game of course he's watching every game yeah. that's his he's job double
1: di- he's double dipping double then, mate. he's yep. getting
2: paid that's actually a really that's actually a really good conversation that one like him and as we know Sammy Melman they get to give his money back
3: like, yeah, and, like uh, and the COVID, Johns, and the Johns, no te- there were no test matches. Yeah, and the Johns boys, um, they offered to coach um
1: some off so for free. free. Yeah, like mm. well, we yeah. do Well, there you go, Kimpy do some digging we know you love the scoop So get, get in there here it comes. see here where you comes. get to go walk in those NZRL front doors and see how you get welcomed I'd love to see it. and we'll get hey, Kez on that. the camera no worries at all. And, we'll, and we'll get we'll get him filming it <laughs> see what kind of re- reception you get double eight double three let us know uh, we're going to talk some all blacks because you've come through and you've seen a message day from Karaka Morning boys I think that Will Jordan will be on the bench if anywhere it won't be the best game for him if worried about head knocks be a tight game if he does be on the wing Mr. Mr Foster's thinking should be a great game get get you pumping cheers Dave from Karaki so I'm absolutely fizz so keep those messages coming through on double eight double three we've got some Hemies
2: oh some got Hemi's. Some, <laughs> we've
1: got some headlines with Sammy Semiconda. oh who's putting in these nicknames in the run sheet it's so good but before then we get to Aroha and here she is with the news for Butter together we're shaping and building New Zealand mm-hmm.
3: Folks, get my button sorted here, 6.34 on ECNZ as you can be for breakfast. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power. past time for a few uh, wee headlines to... To set your boys up for the day. I love
1: this part of the show. I'll start
3: start with a couple of serious (laughs) ones, boys. I don't know if you've seen, but the uh, Toihi uh, season, that is the uh, women's uh, pro basketball competition here in New Zealand. Hey, they've got nine players from the WNBA coming down to play here in New Zealand. How cool is that? That's awesome. Um, And I think that gets underway. Is that going underway tonight, Kez? Yeah, I think that gets underway tonight. So... uh, Look, if you if you're remotely interested in a little bit of uh, you know local basketball, definitely tune in for this one because you get to see some of the world's best uh, playing on New Zealand's shores, which is fantastic. Uh, you did mention uh, Dan Hooker, uh, the scans that came out yesterday. So not only did he fight with a broken arm and win, uh, the uh, the scans on his on his noggin also showed a massive fracture in his jaw. Um, wow. The man's built different. The man is, I mean, UFC. It would have been from that kick. Yeah.
1: It would have been from that kick to the dome. They're just built I was different, gone man. After that.
3: I just but Here I am complaining about a sore elbow yesterday because I <laughs> fell over on the wooden floor.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
3: not it's not quite comparable. Um, I asked Izzy in the break, Kempy. I'm going to get your prediction here. What do you think the total prize pool is for the uh, for Wimbledon across the men's, women's doubles, etc.
2: Oh, okay. Yep. In pounds, uh, I'm going to say eighty million. Eighty million in pounds. Uh, dollars thirty million.
3: 30 million pounds. You're not far off there, Kempi, actually. And Izzy wasn't far off either. Uh, 44.5 million pounds, so that's about 93 million New Zealand. Now, that doesn't really translate um, into the... And apparently
2: they, they do it all through sponsorship.
3: Oh, they probably do, Yeah. Yeah. You mean as opposed to... Media rights. Uh, yeah, well, that's the same as um, Augusta. They, they. I think we talked about this last week. They don't even need mm. the media rights. They make so much money off the uh, shop sales and the tickets that they could just run the tournament on their own. Um, it doesn't translate into the winners. So the uh, the men's and the women's uh, singles get the same prize money, which is £2.5 million, which when you think about mm. 44000000 million isn't a lot. But I guess what it does mean is, look, you only have to make the second or third round and you're probably getting most people's yearly salary. Um, just from mm. you know winning one or two games so um, yeah it's uh, lucrative to say the least just get yourself paid I boy. think
1: when you when you think of it from the outset 44 million pounds huge money but then you say it like that this is there's only four majors of the year that are potentially going to be the similar money on offer I was thinking man you want to play tennis rather than golf but golf you know the winners are constantly getting two yeah, or exactly. three million. A week, yeah. yeah, so it doesn't really compare, does it?
3: Much more for the weekly tournaments, yeah, for sure. In uh, in golf, but then you know, like we said, you get all the sponsorship stuff thrown in there as well. You don't necessarily have to be winning, you just have to pick up a, well, and a spo- nice sponsor. And the
2: sponsors, you know, Michael Venus making it through to quarter finals. I'm pretty yeah. sure you'll get a, a shirt sponsor and a shoe sponsor out of it,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: Well, Three, um, a few
2: third parties, well, end up with a bonus. Nadal sh- can build a ship. super
1: yacht. Yeah, when Nadal can build a super yacht, they're not doing too bad. Yeah, not Nadal, doing too bad.
3: Yeah, Nadal's like <laughs> the next in line for the king of Spain as well, so <laughs> he's uh, he's well endowed. Um, boys, uh, speaking of yachts, actually is, and I'll finish on this one. Mm. Um, mm. The largest cruise ship, right? This is called uh, the Icon of the Seas. Uh, Firstly, have you boys Has ever been, been on a cruise? It's
2: been down here in Auckland, in it? No, no,
3: not yet. No, hasn't been, yet, hasn't been launched. It hasn't been launched. Have you? Have either? of you been on a cruise?
2: I've cru- yep. I've cruised from Hull to Rotterdam.
3: What, like in a dinghy? I, overnight, <laughs> overnight. <laughs> <laughs> I've done
1: a I've done a week's cruise wow. through the Caribbean. Oh yes, from Fort Lauderdale, uh, of Miami. Cool, of uh, course you uh, have. Puerto Rico, uh, Puerto, Mexico, Puerto Rico. Panama. Um, well, it, it yeah. was so cool. Yeah, tell us awesome. about it. Like
3: what? Because I am not a big fan of. Um, I can all I imagine when I think of cruises is them getting stuck in a big storm. And just how miserable that oh, must yeah. be. But tell us about it. Is like What What are the advantages of, or what are the, the bonuses, the pluses of, of a cruise ship?
1: Uh, like They've got a casino on it, they've got a wow. like, uh, the theatre <laughs> on it. Straight to the casino. Uh, <laughs> 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 so when you're cruising and you're in the middle of nowhere, you just go to the Casa, you can go to movies, you can go to all these events that yeah. are on this big ship. All for free. The food is l- Well, not the yeah, casino, but you know. Part like, and part. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, like if you're going to little theatres, you've got to pay for that food, and they've got a buffet, mate it's just so good, like you go to sleep you wake up and you're in Puerto Rico you go to sleep, you wake up, you're in Bahamas and you go to all these amazing beaches ah, oh, I recommend you do it oh, look, I was, wow. we're, Daisy, We're I was only 27 and she was 27 as well, you know, like we're way out of our age limit, everyone was old and you know, we, <laughs> we went on from Miami with no sleep, slept the whole time at the start of the cruise ship and the people coming in and said, well, we're just wondering if you're on the ship, because we haven't seen you as, uh, so yeah, we're out we're of depth in terms of age limit, but mate, do it. It's such a good, uh, such a good feeling, right. such a good trip.
3: So you boys are going to love this one. So the largest cruise ship, it is five times larger than the Titanic five times larger than the Titanic called uh, the icon of the seas it's just been built for uh, the, for cruisers around the Caribbean is he so you might have to uh, mm. might have to take another trip there mm. it's built at a shipyard in Finland it's uh, made its first journey into open waters but will be delivered in October what uh, brand what brand of what's boat what's the company uh, no, what's the
1: company that's doing tours
3: I
2: don't oh, know I've got a question I don't
3: know uh, Royal, Royal Caribbean, I've, Royal got Caribbean. Got I've got a question Royal Caribbean. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. where does all the sewage go
3: it's more obvious <laughs> Straight, it's chum for the fishes. It's, it's in chum. a
2: holding storage supply. No, no, nah, it's empty. chum for the five fishes. Five times. Boys. Th- just think about it. Five times the size of the Titanic. Why are you thinking about that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> boys? Come I gotta on, run. Me. I
3: gotta, I gotta run. I gotta run through <laughs> the stats for you. So, uh, three hundred and sixty-five meters long. That's a That is a heck of a boat. Uh, Twelve hundred oh, feet. Yeah. Four Wea- football fields of people. Weighs uh, two hundred and fifty. Uh, thousand tons. It will set sail in January for the first time taking uh, passengers uh, on journeys around the world. It will hold 7,600 passengers, 2,350 members of crew uh, so 10,000 people uh, on board now. Here's the fun part, right? It will boast the world's largest water park at sea so, you know, cool. full on water park on top of the boat. Uh, no less than six record breaking slides as well as seven pools, nine whirlpools for those that don't fancy the white knuckle stuff. Uh, it also will have uh an aquadome. Uh, it'll have obviously shows, big viewing area, uh, the tallest waterfall at sea. It's going to have literally a waterfall on the boat. How <laughs> I, stupid I, got is that? I got another question.
2: I got another question. How many plumber, <laughs> how many plumbers on the boat? <laughs> Start just get away from play.
3: Now boys, this is this is the bit that's going to uh, going to tickle your family. Fancy. So uh, for uh, Kimpy, a surf simulator. So there's a full surf simulator uh, on board. And for Izzy, uh, a full 18-hole mini-golf course, uh, sports course, rock climbing. Uh, it, it has everything. Now, uh, I did try and find some prices online. They probably don't have that up yet because they're you know, still trying to actually get the boat delivered. But I imagine it's going to cost a pretty penny. But uh, there you go. The world's largest cruise ship. Uh, if you're interested, folks. something else. If you're interested in something, Kimpy, you don't need to go on a cruise to do that, mate. You Kempi. can get back in your hull dinghy and do it off the side of that.
1: Get your bucket out, Kimpy. Oh my, mate. There you go, Kimpy. There's something for you. Go and uh, get no, us a wee platter, no, Lizzie an and Kimpy at the Caribbean. Come on, oh wow, right. sailing. Hachi, Hachi.
3: A little OB uh, for you know, a little outside broadcast for a week in the Caribbean. <laughs> and wouldn't mind it. Ego boys, uh, power, uh, headlines for tradies and builders. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power pass more at uh, 7.30 for you
1: beautiful absolutely love that random as anything i love a little cruise ship get me on anyway call now 0800 811 to take on the quiz master the is master you know what there's a prize up for grabs i'm not telling you what it is you got a call to find out give us a call
0: Unwind and get a good night's sleep with Swiss Sleep 60s from Chemist Warehouse. Only 19.19. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
1: For a win I won't give you answers No matter what you ask me Try and play the quiz Things won't get nasty Get up Stand up Come and throw your hands up If you got the feeling Get the phone's lines ringing Can to get paid We can to get paid So get on your phones And dial now Call now 0800 Call now 1500 Alright, 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 let's get someone paid, I'm not telling you, until you win it, 0800 give us a call now, Jade from Hamilton, he loves opening up the bat, morning Jado. Morning my
4: boys, not first drop normally
1: is better eh? <laughs> mate, no one talks about it later on, we want to see people and go. someone go five straight and get the job done, let's get it done Jado, here we go mate, question number one. Megan Rapinoe, is an athlete representing which team in what sport? Uh, uh,
4: football
1: foon Soccer You're on the right track Jade, you're on the right track. Sorry brother It wasn't Football uh, foons, and it was football, but it wasn't the Football foons. All right Jade. See you later mate. Timmy from Christchurch Yo-yo <laughs> Yo, 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 DJ, <laughs> No, it's <Tim>. not yo-yo. <laughs> 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 no, nah, he's American from America. America. <laughs> yes. American football. Big stars. donning in our shores. Cannot wait. Not, not American football. Kick off.
3: <laughs> not playing gridiron.
1: <laughs> Come on. Come on. Don't. Don't. Football, soccer. Soccer and over there, isn't it? You know Anyway, question number two. Which opponent was last to garner a draw against the All Blacks. Um was it the
4: box?
1: No, wasn't the spring box. Sorry Timmy. Have a good day, brother. Appreciate it. let How you doing, Lammy? Wow. Morning boys, how you go? Morning. What, what What's that <laughs> so for, mate? you got a chance at the quiz. Come on, get up. Give me some energy. Which opponent oh. was last the oh. last team to garner a draw against the All Blacks? It uh, was uh, Australia, I think. <laughs> that definitely wasn't Australia. <laughs> See you later. See you later, Lemmy. 0800-150-811. Don't be shy. I'm waiting for you. Couple of spots
4: open. Zade. Uh, good morning. It was England at in last year.
1: Yes, England 2022. I know what Lamy was on about. 2016, we played... No, tw- in, I think it was 2013. Giving me alarm, we drew against Australia at Brisbane. And Brisbane at Suncorp. So he was on the right track there. Question number three. Who are the reigning AFL
4: premiers? Zade. AFL. Uh, is it... Is it Collingwood
1: Magpies or no? Meow. No, it's not Collingwood. <laughs> Sorry, Zaid. Have a good day, my friend. Ed from Tollerga. He wants to double up on the pizza and the burger and the and the beer. Morning. Yep, yeah, uh, Is it Geelong? The Geelong. Meow. Cats. There you go. Question number four. At what Olympic Games does Sarah Olmar... Win gold in the women's individual pursuit. I want to
4: have a guess, bro. Is it Athens?
1: That was a hell of a guess. 2004 Athens. Oh, boy. Question number five. Oh, boy. Which four teams currently make up the NRL's top four? I need it in five seconds. Quickly, go.
4: Pa- Panthers, Broncos. Three,
2: um, two. Oh one. No. One.
1: One. Manly! (laughs) Nah! Not Manly! Sorry, Ed! Manly! Not going to get your tummy full. Manly. Here we go. Mike from Christchurch. You have to jump on the plane if he wants to redeem this voucher. Mikey, how you doing? How you
4: going, fella?
1: Hey, good, brother. Which four teams currently make up the NRL's top four? Penrith, Broncos, Pranella,
4: Melbourne. Bang. Bang, Mikey!
1: Bang. You want to know what you won? Yeah,
4: hey, brother.
1: You've won. You've won a voucher, bro. Ramirez Play Bay Golf oh. Voucher. There you go. If you're in Auckland, go have some beers with Ed and Brett, eh? There you go. Stay tuned, bro. Stay on the line and the boys will get your deets and they'll flick that to you where you can redeem at your chosen time. Stay tuned. Love Racing with Tony Kemp coming up.
2: Yes, a couple of minutes away from seven o'clock. It's 0800 1508 11. If you want to give me an Izzy a call or double eight double three on our tempered bed post text machine, throw one in there. Find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.co. And lessons are learned from Lark Creek's last spring campaign will be strictly adhered to this time around for the Group One winning mayor. Remember Lark Creek, there's uh, well. We've drawn a line in the sand, this is what the trainers are saying this year, and we'll stick to it. She'll not run on a heavy track anywhere, as that was detrimental to her last spring, and trying to bring her up to those conditions, she won't do that again, Katrina Alexander said. And I just think, mate, we'll have a we'll have a, a heavy track for the spring. Uh, given the right conditions, La Creek will open her spring campaign in the Group 1 T- uh, Tarzino Trophy 1400 metres at Hastings. At this stage she'll go to the open trolls at Taupo and aim for the Hawks Bay. Um, we're looking at Sydney and we'll go when the horse is ready and this time around we're not going to say uh, she needs to be in a certain place at a certain time. The two million five dollar uh, Five diamonds will be a run at Setweights and Penalty at Rose Hill and she's been back for three weeks now and she's looking super. So keep a, uh, a look at um, La Creek. It's on target for its uh, second trip to Australia and one that I'll be following. We've got race, racing at Riccarton today, I actually like a little multi here, Russian Roulette in race 4, into Secret Express in race 5, and look out for Watch Out, it's dead set, the favourite of $1.20 in race 3, so multi those up, that's your Love Racing update, grab your mates and get on course, visit events.loveracing.nz and find a race day near you. Here's Aroha with the news, for Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand.
0: Experience effortless shaving like never before with Gillette Fusion Pro Glide 5 from Chemist Warehouse, only $17.24. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Are you ready?
4: Maldi, as she hits New Horizons as well, it's, it's bronze it's for New Zealand for Anna Grimaldi, are for a, a cat? <laughs>
1: The allies
6: embrace. Santa
1: Claus rises as one. You know you're here, it, yeah. Yes, good morning. I hope that little intro gets you as fizzed as it does for me. Ah, oh, Wednesday morning. Plenty happening in the sporting world. Joker. Novak Djokovic, too good for Rublev, four setter, straight through to the semi-final. we got Jonathan Ureko joining us at 7.40 to talk Wimbledon, I cannot wait for that. We're going to be talking para-athletics soon, and uh, after eight we got Mark Gaznia. Double eight, double three on the temper Bedpost text machine. Hello my little darling, oh you're a little bit tired today, oh you haven't woken up too well today, that's okay, give me a kiss, Mwah. nothing better than giving your kiddies a little cuddle in the morning when I get my coffee from my beautiful wife Daisy, anyway lads, double eight, double three, a couple of tips coming through, Kempe, give us a little lead in today, Rickard and synthetic, go the lads, race eight glorified. $6.50 and $2.50 for a place. That is from Cam from Cambridge and he's usually he's not good. too far away as old Cammy. We appreciate that Cam and Brett, well I just don't know where I can go with this because <laughs> uh, Brett and horses I just don't know if it's a good mix. I tipped watch out last week. Couldn't quite reel them in on a heavy 10 at Ash Bird and goes back to the synthetic and poorly the anchor gives out twenty, Come on, Paulie, give us a boost from Brett. So, uh, yeah, he's not happy. He's not happy. But there you go, a couple of lead-ins for today. Ricketon and Synthetic. And just quickly on uh, your situation with the cruise ship, Kimpy? Well, cruise ships are pr- process and treat their wastewater. It is then st- st- uh, stored. How big are the storage tanks? <laughs>
2: Why do you need <laughs> to know this? You've got notice? a lot of you've I'm got a lot of
1: homework to do today. I'm just
2: saying if it's if it's <laughs> 373 meters long, which is four football fields mm. and 400 stories high, well, how much of the boat well, is yeah, it's, storage?
1: Yeah, you quite say it's yeah, it's obviously a big storage. Yeah. Actually naturally spot. is big, mate. I just, just, yeah. you know, I think like, it would be more interesting. Big ship if, equals big
3: storage. Yeah, it would, be, it would make more sense for you to be interested <laughs> if it was a really, really small ship and you're like, well, where's the storage space? But it's huge. <laughs> so of course they're going to have loads of storage for your ones and twos.
2: Well, you'd assume so, wouldn't you? Like, Are you telling me that? Or you just I don't know. It?
1: If there's, like, there's 7,000 kempies on there, might push it right to the, limper, <laughs> yeah. To yeah. the yeah. limit. 7,000 phantoms, Are yeah. you saying
2: that 10,000, I mean, all I'm saying are like 10,000 people, you wake up in the morning, 10,000 people, well, what, what happens? Like, are
1: you saying something? Are you the phantom
2: at the <laughs> no. uh, hey, ne- building?
3: Ne- next, yeah, he is. Next thing you know, <laughs> Tony's going to ask how they get rid of it on an airplane.
1: Oh, I guess so funny. You're of a can of worms. That's not a good, that's knows, not a good analogy. Through. I don't know if this is a good one or a bad one from Stephen, but good morning, gentlemen. No wonder, Mr Izzy, too rich, Dag likes a little cruise ship. You could just picture him with his captain's hat on, throwing dollar bills over the balcony. Yeah, boy, have a great day, Stephen. Stephen, I, I love I love that. look at me and the wife after I got dropped from the All Blacks in the World Cup. I didn't want to watch it, went to America, and I, uh, yeah, I just had a good old time. It's so good. If you can, I know it's tough times out there at the moment, but. If you get an opportunity in, in your bucket list, go for a cruise ship. It's such a good way to see the world. But we got para-athletics uh, coming up there, uh, Sammy Hewitt. What do
3: we got? Yeah, Para World Champs over in Paris at the moment. Very shortly going to catch up with Raylene Bates, who is the uh, New Zealand team leader for uh, the, the Para uh, World Champs in Paris. So uh, they usually have this event every two years, but it n- hasn't happened since 2019 because of COVID, uh, which is interesting because it sort of would feel like mm. a Paralympics for them given its four years. Uh, the Paralympics is next year, 2024, in France as well, I believe. So this is a really good warm-up for these uh, athletes. And uh, I'm sure you're going to ask, Raylene, what sort of role uh, the Para World Champs has in that sort of development as they peak towards next year but uh, William Steadman got a uh, silver medal in the 400 metre T36 final last night, that was fantastic One better than his bronze back in 2019 Lisa Adams uh, sister of uh, that famous family uh, won gold at the shot put uh, that's back to back titles for her and then uh, this morning Anna Grimaldi picking up bronze in the T47 100 metre final which is absolutely fantastic so plenty more athletes still to come as well which I'm sure you're going to talk to uh, a about out, but it is awesome seeing our Kiwis on the world stage, and I guess at a time when there's so much else going on, lads, it's just good to uh, celebrate some of the other stuff going on uh, around the world.
1: Yeah, we usually do traditionally pretty well in the pool, and we've had Sophie Pascoe, we know the dominance that she's had, but we've got Tupu Naelfi a- as well, and we've got a couple of young ones from uh, Dunedin that the name evades me right now, but I'm sure the swimming will be at the top of the list. Have we got our next guest up, lads? we ready to rip in? Yeah? Nah? Okay. Okay. We'll just continue on and Continue the chat and uh, keep things going. Raylene Bates will join us shortly. She's New Zealand team leader for Paris 2023, the Para Athletics World Championships. And we'll talk to her in a, in a wee while's time. But there's uh, a couple of conversations that we need to have, Kempi, in regards to the Para Olympics and what's going on. But, mate, we've been so dominant. And is Sophie Pascoe going to make the comeback and go to another World Champions uh, Olympics? Mate, we've done pretty well for a team and for a country with such a limited amount of our para athletes, but we've been so dominant on the world stage.
2: It doesn't matter, does it? As you know, like we, we pull we pull well above our weight, no matter what it is. And um, you're right around Sophie Pascoe. She was a cousin of my daughter's, one of my daughter's best friends at high school. Um, and you know, I remember my daughter telling me about Sophie when she first started getting into swimming saying dad the school can really swim you know um in the in the paralympics and and that's how I got to follow Sophie who's really put it on the on the radar of everyone um so so getting to see Lisa Adams you know of course with Val Adams I, I don't know if you've seen that photo the Adams photo is he, where they're all across the line and mate you know Lisa Adams is, is you know just as good as her her sister Val in that um discipline and of co- and what me and Sammy this morning when we got in here is we watched the 100-metre um, final. Mate, a dogged effort to get up for bronze mm. in that one. Missed the kick from the start, we thought. And uh, we thought, you know, as you do with 100 metres, when you're, when you're watching, you know, the likes of Usain Bolt and people like that uh, at the Olympics, they come really late with their run, but not on this occasion. Um, with Anna Grimaldi, she, she she stuck in there and really, really bounded along to get that uh, that 100-metre that hundred meter bronze medal and mate, the, the the amount of emotion that she got when she when she won it, um, lots of people, everyone jumping around. Now, there's nothing better than seeing a Kiwi um celebrating success on any on any stage.
1: Yeah, it's been so good to see. The para athletes and what they've been able to do, but Lisa Adams, you think of the family. You got Valerie, you got Stephen Adams. I saw, I've seen the photos of Stephen absolutely supporting his young sister, um, Lisa, and, and what they've been able to do. But you think of those genetics, mate. You think of the the upbringing that they've had to endure. Like a huge family that have got, uh, you know, it's just genetics that are just absolutely out of this world, mate. It's, it's just the crazy. I mean, can you imagine living in that household, the kind of <laughs> upbringing that Stephen Adams had as the youngest of about ten of them?
2: Well, can can you can you name a family that's similar in um, in your upbringing when you were when you were coming through the grades and your sport, where you went every one of them was mm. an absolute legend? Mate, I can? They're called the Ropati brothers. You know, Joe mm. Ropati, hit, uh, Ropati hit the hit the Kiwis on the wing. Remember that he went around the best winger in the world and scored that try up in Lang Park, which was Eric Groth. You know, had the biggest thighs in the world in those Kiwi Alltech shorts. That was just like I remember watching that as a as a 13 year old, thinking, man, that that guy. And then all of a sudden, I come up to Auckland with my old man and and Ropati was an 18-year-old playing against Wynnum Manly. And that Wynnum Manly team that night was Wally Lewis, Gene Miles, Greg Dowling, mm. Greg Canescu, um, who were four Australian players. And Tia carved them up for Otahuhu, you know? And then you've got John Ropati, who played mm. um fullback for Otahuhu, made the New Zealand... Uh, he did make the New Zealand team. So those two, Joe and Tia, made it. Um, then you've got John Ropati. He made the, the trials. But then you've got Peter Ropati, all right, he played hooker. He made the Trolls. Then you got Eva Ropati. He made the Kiwis mm. with me and the Junior Kiwis. And then you got got um, Romy Ropati, who you know down <laughs> at Dunedin.
1: <laughs> yeah, mate, it's such a phenomenal family. All right, let's catch up with Raylene Bates. She's the New Zealand team leader for Paris 2023 and the Para Athletics World Championships. Raylene, we appreciate your time. How you doing?
7: Kia ora. Great to talk to you guys.
1: Thank you so much. I know you're busy and you're at it, but uh, it's been a pretty successful couple of days for our para athletes.
7: Yeah, no, very exciting here in uh, Paris. I mean, we've had some mm. amazing um, performances, lots of PBs, and obviously a few uh, medals already. And, you know, we're only actually on day three, so it's very, very exciting.
1: Uh, New Zealander Lisa Adams, obviously with a famous family, Kippi was alluding to families that have just freakish genetics, but Lisa Adams has continued on and won gold at the Paralympic Olymp- Athletics World Championships in Paris, in Schaupen.
7: Yeah, no, she, you know, she opened with a safe throw and, um, you know, she just built on that after each round and, you know... some encapsulated with a, a big throw in the end which was over a metre further than her closest rival in, in, in second place so she dominated the whole competition and she's been in great form and um, you know she's savouring the su- um, success now which is great.
2: Yeah back to back gold medals. Morena uh, Raylene we also got up and we watched uh, Anna Grimaldi pick up the bronze medal we thought that she'd missed the, missed the kick but she got there in the end and hung on for that bronze medal. What was the celebrations like at the end of it?
7: well she didn't actually realize she'd got the bronze it wasn't until she heard us screaming that she turned around and and realized that she got the bronze she thought she'd been beaten on the finish line so she was absolutely ecstatic um she wasn't expecting that at all but you know seriously after her run in the heats yesterday with a area oceania area record of 12-3-1 we knew she was in really good form she was the second fastest qualifier she's been in great form she's uh happy she's you know she she's, um, she she's just really firing on all cylinders. And um, that run tonight was just amazing. We're really, really excited for her.
1: Well, the runners are absolutely flying. Kiwi runner William Steadman has gone one better than his bronze in 2019, winning the silver medal in the 400-meter T36 final at the Para-Athletic World Championship. You must be proud of that moment.
7: Oh, absolutely! Again, you know, Will has worked yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really hard. He's in great form, and you know, he took the he took the race to uh, Jimmy Turner from Australia, and you know, he's Jimmy has been in a class of his own for a long time, and and you know, Will actually challenged him right through that race, and um, you know, it's the closest he's ever got to him, and so it gives us gives a lot of confidence going into Paris 2024 mm. into the Paralympics that you know he could really have a, have a really good go at that title, so. It was a great effort by. uh, Well, his second best time ever, and um, you know, more importantly, it was actually how close he he stuck to Jimmy during the race, which was great.
2: Well, it's been a long time between drinks. You haven't had the World Champ since two thousand nineteen. Um, I'm assuming that's because of COVID. How good is it uh, seeing the Kiwis back competing on the world stage?
7: Yeah, no, you're right. We haven't had a World Champ since uh, Dubai in two thousand nineteen, and. You know it's been really tough really tough for these uh, athletes having to wait four years to be able to compete again and you know there was there's been a lot of soul searching during that time because you know a lot of them have said well what's the point but they've stuck in there they've worked hard and we're you know this is why we're getting the performances now I think they've just they've been so excited to compete it hasn't been Mm. about pressure it's actually just been the excitement to actually be back on the world stage competing so um there's a real buzz there's a buzz around our team there's a buzz around the whole championships because people are just really excited to be back out there um at that level of competition so yeah it's, it's wonderful it's a great um build up for us going into the paralympics next year
1: so, how's the innovation or kind of the preparation had to be with the world chance being uh, non-existent in the last couple of years? Have you had to find other ways for these para athletes to to get out and work on their craft?
7: Yeah, well, it's yeah, I mean, each each athlete, um, you know, being an individual, have their own ways and means. But it has been tough, you know. Our, our top five athletes, they're they're in the top four in the world and so to get in competition it's been really hard on them um so you know for most of them they've had to be innovative and compete against able-bodied athletes to try and get that competition Mm. um and they've competed successfully with our able-bodied athletes which has been great but you know in some classifications and some events that's not um entirely possible either um so you know they've had little competitions within themselves and with you know perhaps the the um the other gender or something like that just to to motivate themselves and be able to bring themselves up so there's, there has been a lot of uh creative um thinking with the coaches of how to keep these athletes up there's been a lot of work with the teams around these athletes you know the mental skills uh providers and things like that just to to keep them free you know keep them excited keep them wanting to compete at that highest level so yeah, they've done a good job as the court teams.
2: And, and how do they tie in, Raylene? Like, how do they tie in the world champs? So, you know, big year next year with the Paralympics 2024. Is there anything else now, or has this sort of set them on that path? You've got your PBs, you've got your medals. Now we know when we go to the Paralympics in 2024, we know where we need to go. Or we, is there something else in the middle?
7: Yeah, well, the Paralympics is slightly different to the World Champs. To get, uh, to qualify for a World Champs, you have to gain a performance time or distance to be able to um, participate. However, for the Paralympics, it's about gaining slots, and the slots are for your country. So the top four placings from these World Championships gain a slot for your country. Um, so, you know, for our guys, that's what it's all about. It's about gaining their slot to get to... Um, Paris next year. They have another opportunity in 2024. The World Champs for Kobe were um, postponed in 2022 to 2024 in May. So we're going to have two World Championships within 12 months. Um, but it's only the top two from there, and you can't gain a gain a uh, slot again. So, for instance, Lisa winning yesterday, if she wins again, in Kobe she can't get two slots. It's just one slot. So. As I say, for, for our leg guys, it's about gaining those slots early, taking the pressure off, and actually then being able to use competition as a pathway through to Paris 2024.
1: All right, Raylene, just before we let you go, what and who can we keep our eyes on for the rest of the week?
7: Well, Danielle Atkinson uh, just uh, won her heat in the T36 100 metres tonight, and she won it by a clear margin. So all eyes are going to be on her in the final tomorrow in the 100 metres. She also has the 200 metres following, you know, um, following day. Obviously, uh, Anna Grimaldi in the long jump later in the week. Mitch Joint in the 200 metres next Monday and Holly Robinson has both the javelin and the shot put in the next couple of days as well. So Holly's coming off a surgery and off injury, but, you know, she's excited to be here, and she'll be trying to be as competitive as she can uh, with her short build-up that she's had as well.
1: Well, it's been a successful start to the World Champs at the moment. We'll be casting our eye over these athletes going forward. Thank you so much for your time, Raylene, and hopefully... France isn't too rowdy at the moment. I know there's a lot going on over there, but thank you so much and stay safe and look after yourself.
7: Thank you so much. Take care.
1: There she is, Raylene Bates, New Zealand team leader for Paris 2023 Para-Athletics World Championships. It was awesome to hear from her. A lot of success to start that uh, competition. Kempi and Danielle Aitchinson winning the 100 metre heat. Great to hear that. and We've got a couple of names that uh, we can look forward to Two in the week to come. A couple of messages there, but we got Kempy's off the back fence. Where's he going to go? Stay tuned. You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast from the Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this winter.
3: Off the back fence with Tony Kemp.
2: How many moons ago? I remember when I first started work at the freezing works, a loud siren would sound, which usually only indicated a certain hour of the day. However, in this instance, when I was listening, it meant down your tools right now and stop working. The union delegate would walk past us all and explain that we were to meet in the cafeteria to discuss work conditions and that the union had decided that until it was sorted, everyone had to stop working. All these years later, it seems most unions are now gone. But in the NRL, the Players Association still operates and is currently negotiating working conditions. On behalf of all the players in the NRL. While this is different from my early days at the freezing works, the mechanics of negotiation are still the same. However, it seems in this case of the NRL versus the Players Association that there is still a lot of water to go under the bridge. It seems to me however that something is not quite right. The players have been told to stop all media commitments for the meantime. However, At the forefront of negotiations are the two heads of both the NRL and Players Association talking about who's telling lies and who isn't. Looks like a testosterone fueled standoff to me. While I'm always an advocate for the players, I get a little annoyed when the process becomes more about egos. I ask myself if this is what the original negotiation process was designed to do. It's not rocket science. Simply negotiate an amicable outcome. If we are to learn one thing from this issue, it's this. Negotiating, whether amicable or not, should never be about slinging crap at each other. No one wins if that happens. And for me, if I learn one thing from those old boys back in the day, then it has to be this. Remove all emotion from the table. If you make this personal, then I'm afraid the players, they'll be the only losers in this negotiation.
1: Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. So Kempi, we've got to a situation, the CBA, they've obviously put a blank, a block on the media at the moment, and at the start of the situation, start of the year, there was actually talks of players revoking and uh, potentially not playing in games. Well, this is just the start. Could we get to a situation where the uh, players start pulling out? Can oh, yeah. they legally do that? And uh, what would this like? Where do the NRL sit on this? Are, are they are they worried, or are they just going to be egotistical about this situation and just carry on?
2: I don't, I don't know if you remember they're talking about bringing players down from America to, to keep the NRL going. Like, yeah. could you imagine? You like, can't do that. You can't. No. <laughs> uh,
1: look, uh, see that statement in a nutshell just shows the arrogance of the NRL at the moment.
2: Well, you know that's the amicable approach should never be about. He said, I said, I know you need to show some leadership. And Clint Newton, the head of um, the Players Association, and, and Abdo have come out and said, Well, he's saying one thing and I'm saying another, and they're not on the same page. That's what needs to happen. They need to get someone in the room that actually takes out the, the slinging of crap. Because at the end of the day, every player doesn't want to stop playing football because they want to get paid, you know, like, because the problem is that when you stop, they they have every right to say well I'm not paying you and once that happens then you know that's when you you start to throw um I guess the the So the, who, holds, the who holds all the cards here Well the players always hold the cards as he but do they have the courage to actually not play
1: mm. you know and not get paid
2: but my point being is that you know if you the art of a negotiation is to negotiate an outcome and I don't think you're that. I don't think you're that far away. I, like I said earlier on the week, I think the sticking point is possibly that they're actually getting told they're getting the money, but they're not getting control of the money. It's all about control. And I, you know, I for the life of me can't see how two guys are just fighting about it personally when they've got so many other people that are involved in it. Get a group together, put them in a room, get them to nut it out. Proper, proper negotiating people. Get them to nut it out. Get it signed and get on with it. You know, I don't think they're oh, that-, that far away. I just think they're making a mess of it.
1: It's a pretty messy situation at the moment, Kimpy. and look, there's a lot of water to go on the bridge, we're at a situation where there's a media boycott, it's a start potentially of a, of a horrendous outcome, well, when are we going to get an outcome, a solution? Uh, we'd love to hear from you, 8883 0800 in regards to Kempe's off the back fence in terms of the CBA, where are they at? They're at a situation where the media's uh, Been punished for the situation. well, you got to remember, broadcasting rights is worth billions of dollars in terms of the NRL. And how happy are they at the situation that is unfolding? Love to hear from you. We're going to shoot off. We'll come back with some headlines with Samuel Jackson And we've got plenty coming up with Jonathan Ureko talking the Wimbledon tennis major. Grand Slam over there in uh, in London at the moment. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand.
7: Well, the it app.
3: Hey boys, thirty-four minutes past seven here. Time for some headlines. Thanks to Kennard's hire to easy weekend. Um, bit of a video making its way around on Sosh med uh, of the Undertaker. Now, look, I I was never a massive. Seen <laughs> I was never a massive wrestling fan uh, back in the day, but oh, I did know I love the,
1: the Undertaker.
3: I did know the Undertaker. I did know the Undertaker very well. Now uh, he's on holiday. I'm not sure whereabouts he is. Probably in the Bahamas. He's on holiday with his wife, and she got very scared because imagine
1: if he was
2: on that boat.
3: Yeah, well, he might have been. He might have oh. just stopped off at the beach. but uh, He's 10 people. He, uh, so his wife's in the water, and she gets a little bit spooked because she spots a shark swimming around. So what does The Undertaker do naturally? Uh, he just wades out into the water and just gives him the death stare. Gives the, the, the shark, The Undertaker, death stare, and sure enough, the shark <laughs> bolts it. He's gone. <laughs> so, uh, look, it's not just humans that he strikes fear into. Uh, he takes on the, uh, the the mammals as well. So, um, just don't get in his way, Kempy. The, the you would have been pretty good in WWE, I, I ta- reckon.
2: I w- well, I would have taken The Undertaker, 100%. Um, he was the guy that stopped my... My son was a mad WWE supporter. and So, I took him to an uh, old, old spot just around the corner here mm. to, to watch the WWE. And The Undertaker... You know like how high the ropes are? Well, The Undertaker hopped over it like it was a stall. Mm. That's how, I- <laughs> tall man. That's Fury, how tall big man. the man is. And yeah. I'd always say to my son, you know, like it's it's not real, son. Mate, the very last time he watched WWE was after watching The Undertaker destroy people in the ring, <laughs> and he realised that it actually wasn't
1: true. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait, there you go. You are saying that's not real? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wait, hold on, hold on here. Next thing you're going to tell me, Santa doesn't? You know exist.
2: how they used to come, come up? You know, like you're, you're standing in the <laughs> ring. This, is my son's, I think he's nine at the time. Where does the blood come from? I know. Well, I'm telling, going to tell you a little bit about a blood story. You know where they come under? They used to whack you between the legs. Mm. My son got me like that walking up some stairs because he'd seen it on <laughs> WWE. Oh dear! <laughs> so I'm walking up the stairs and he's run up behind me, and he's given me the old right between the the coconuts <laughs> and dropped me like a sack of spuds. <laughs> And I've turned, around, I've turned around to him and I've said, it ain't
0: true, mate. It actually does hurt. Oh, you
3: know? that's, uh, <laughs> my brother used to do the, uh, was it Batista who did the sticky face? He used to <laughs> used to rub rub his cheeks in your face and that, that was so. <laughs> was it
1: Batista? <laughs> I've, who?
3: Yeah, Batista. It's. Uh, um, Kiz is saying as well that uh, Undertaker's wife's actually a decorated wrestler herself, Michelle McCool. Was that right, Kiz? Yeah, Kiz is all over it. He's a big wrestler. How
1: real is it? And many of you out there would have done the the mandible claw. (laughs) I've put my fingers in someone's mouth, my brother's mouth, and done the mandible claw and sweet (laughs) gym music from Shawn Michaels. I've done the little sweet kick to the dome uh, a few times. You know, the choke slam from The Undertaker. There's a couple of signature moves. The Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, little shoulder drop. Oh, man, stunner? it's all coming back to me. The Stunner? The that's Stone a... Cold Stunner, that's
3: yeah. it. Look, Kez, is, he's fired up in his booth here walking around with his uh, with steam coming out of his ears when you suggested that it wasn't uh, real, uh, Is he? Um, and, and elsewhere around the world, how about this for a find? Um, from a man in Kentucky, in a farm in Kentucky, uh, where underneath the house, he made uh, quite the discovery when he found a massive hoard of gold coins. Uh, and they... Um, think that it's a, a part of the Great Kentucky Hoard, which I'm assuming is some sort of loot that they pillaged along the way, but he's found a whole bunch of um, coins underneath his house. Um, very, very rare. A total of eight $20 Liberty coins were found in the hoard. Now, that means nothing to us. However, Liberty coins, $20 Liberty coins, uh, um, have been known to sell for six figures. And he's really? got and he's got eight of them. He's found eight of them. So uh yeah, the man is in for quite a financial windfall just oh. by finding something <gasps> underneath his house. I'd and love, here we are I'd grinding away forty hours a week, you know? Okay, just <laughs> someone just dump something underneath my house, please. <laughs> Should we
2: be treasure hunters? Yeah. There's a couple of places down in Waitaro with a couple of tins buried, let me tell you. Some <laughs> coins in them. T- I was going to say, tins of what? <laughs> my mum used to say, he's, of he used to always put his money in tins and bury it. And I'd go, yeah, and I forgot where i buried them all. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's like when people do uh, renovations
3: on the house And they find like notes and stuff in the walls You know that's pretty cool Like lotto tickets It's uh, Yeah But uh, yeah Well good on this man for, uh, for do- It's always in America that this stuff happens eh? Never in New Zealand Does someone just dig up some gold From underneath their house Unless you're living in Hawaii. Oh, no.
1: I think my brother's message true Because he said Come on is he? You never with Claude Any of your bros Hours are fun though Yeah i got a hiding from my brothers <laughs> We used to play We used to play on a tramp That had a hole in the middle And that used to be a Royal Rumble and I'd walk out with me undies on, you know, we'd all play the intro song, walk out, and I would last all but five seconds, and my older brothers would absolutely Story. smash me off this tramp.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it would have been an si- absolute oh. sight to behold. Anyway, boys, we do have to talk some Wimbledon very shortly, so those are your headlines for Ken High. two easy weekend, two days high for the price of one visitor <laughs> branch. Today, T's and C's apply.
1: Yeah, Jonathan Eureka, okay. coming up, talking some tennis in Wimbledon. Yes, welcome back. We're fourteen away from eight. It's now time to talk Wimbledon, plenty going over on over in the north. And we've got BBC tennis writer Jonathan Ureko to join us to break it all down. Morning, Jonathan. Afternoon to you over there, my friend. How you doing?
6: Yeah, very well, thank you. Morning. It's evening actually here and uh, I'm just to centre court and it's a uh, it's like serenity. Like an hour ago it was banging in here because we had Fifteen thousand people going, uh, getting very excited by Novak Djokovic versus uh, Andrei Rublev, and, and Novak Djokovic was uh, getting very passionate, shall we say. So it's very different contrast now. It's uh, there's me about a dozen other people in here, including some ground staff who have. Uh, just pulled over the covers, so it's uh, yeah, it's very nice, relaxing scene.
1: Or <laughs> well, before we get into the Joker, who continues on as Wimbledon dominance, we want to talk about the upsets already at Wimbledon quarterfinals, particularly on the women's side. Number one seed Inga Swiatek knocked out yet again against by unseeded Alina Svili- uh by three in three sets. Is there a mental block with Inga at Inga at uh, at Wimbledon?
6: I'm not, sure, I'm not too sure about that. I mean, I think today's more about Alina Svitolina, to be honest, than, than Igos Viontek. Um, you know, Alina is a Ukrainian player who has been, you know, fueled by by what's happening at home. Um, you know, she's used that as inspiration to to fight even harder against opponents, including when she's played um, like a like Belarusian or Russian opponents in the past. And she's got an inspiring story as Svitolina. She um, also gave birth, um, I think it was 10 months ago, um, last October, if I'm not right. And she's back playing and she's beating the best players in the world. And she's just beating the the best player in the world today. It's, it's mm. an incredible story. Um, and the thing with Svitolina is she's just got so much emotion and she's channeling it in a really positive way and um her her aggression on the court is is just firing like she's she's absolutely flying and i think it was more to do with that really like um sviontek was really struggling to 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 return against her and um i mean that's what she said herself you know she just played to who had more freedom and more guts and um and 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 you know the reason she couldn't execute her own game was because of of Svitolina's aggression um but yeah I mean like you say she's she's you know a, a four-time major champion and um this was the first time she's in the quarterfinals here so she she won the juniors at Wimbledon in 2017 and she said she felt better prepared this year than previous years when when she had played in the uh, senior tournament but yeah still it wasn't enough so the, the way it goes I'm for feriga
1: yeah, well, just, we've been talking about it because there's lack of tennis being played, particularly uh, on the grass uh, court. Obviously, it's a more summer sport over in uh, in London, and, and it's not played many places, if any. So is that the same going for Jessica Pagula, who was also knocked out by unseeded Marketa Von Solva in three sets?
6: Yeah, I mean, Pagula's... Um you know, similar to, to Svjantac where, I mean, obviously she's not as, had as great a success as uh, Svjantac in the singles, but she's reached quarterfinals at, at all the Grand Slams now. So um, that's, of course, obviously hard courts, clay courts, and, and now a grass court. Um, you know, she's, she's an American player who, you know, grew up in uh, in Buffalo, I think it was, and, and um, they, they, they're used to playing on hard courts. So, you know, it's, it's just natural for them to, to, to play on that surface. So when they then move over to grass, it can be very different you know it's all about the movement it's all about the footing it's you know it can be slippery it can be slidy, and it's how you get used to that um now pagula um you know has shown she can do it on the other courts and um she, she never got to the quarterfinals um here until this year and she came up against one who's pretty inspired marquette uh, von Drusova, who um she's not got much pedigree either on the grass so yeah, I think it just became down to a battle of of, of who had the more confidence and in, in a battle of wills, really. And, um, yeah, Pagula was the one who came undone.
2: Well, Sabalenka, uh, uh, Aussie Open champion and number two seed. Clear favourite now up against Madison Keys tomorrow?
6: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you say clear favourite. I'm not too sure. I think there's, there's Sabalenka and uh, Ribikina, um who, who won it last year as well. So um, they're both in the same side of the draw. And... The thing with tennis when the the draw comes out like two weeks ago everyone's sort of thinking oh that so-and-so will play so-and-so in the quarters or someone else will play someone else in the semi-finals and and everyone gets really excited two weeks like before the tournament and then you think none of this will probably ever end up panning out um but one of the exciting things about the draw was the fact that Rubakina was drawn in the same half as Sabalenka which means they could play in the the women's semi-final so They've both got one more match to win and and then that will will happen. Um, but yeah, first they've obviously got to win the quarterfinals. So they're both playing at the same time tomorrow. or um, so starting um on, on centre and and number one court. Rybakina, who who won the title last year, as, as mm. everyone will remember, it's playing on Jiber, who she beat in the final. So we've mm. got a rematch of last year's final, um, which so that would be interesting. And then Sabalenka plays Madison Keys, like you said who won the grass court title in Eastbourne, which is uh, one of the sort of warm-up tournaments on the south coast of England uh, before, before Wimbledon. So, yeah, I think it'll be a big test for both of those, both um, well, the second seed and the third seed. And, um, yeah, it's going to be another really exciting and interesting day to see how things pan out.
1: One of the quarterfinals in the men's side, Daniel Medvedev taking on Christopher Eubank, continuing to fly the American flag for the American tennis players. Can he continue on and surprise many? And has he surprised you?
6: Yeah, he certainly surprised me. Um, and I'll stay clear of the boxing puns. I mean, <laughs> there's a very famous British boxer called Chris Eubank. Without the S, so the the British tabloids have been loving the uh, you know the, the knocked out and the packing a punch and however many more we could we could reel off here right now, um, but yeah he's he's certainly been the surprise package here um, and he's had some big wins. He beat the British number one Cameron Norrie, who um, reached the semi-finals here last year, and the, the guy's power is 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 huge. You know he's got a massive serve. He's got big forehands. And he's a really likeable character. He's very charming and uh, he sort of looks like he's enjoying himself on the court. And then, yeah, he, he sort of topped the win against Norrie by beating Stefanos Tsitsipas, the Greek fifth seed. Um, and he's now in the into the quarterfinals where he plays uh, the Russian third seed, Daniel Medvedev. So personally, I think that might be one step too far. Um, but then again, I said the same before, he plays Tsitsipas. So who knows how things will pan out. But um that i think the crowd will definitely be on new side they they've sort of adopted him as a as an ordinary brit shall we say and um and he's got a really interesting backstory as well i mean he he's he not even made the the top 100 until this year he called grass the stupidest surface to play on and that was <laughs> about 6 weeks ago i think and then he had a text conversation, a WhatsApp conversation with Kim Kleisters, who was the former world number one in the women's mm. side and a two-time um, Wimbledon semi-finalist. And she gave him a few tips. And she says, it's not that stupid. You've just got to learn how to play in it. And she told him to do some footwork drills. It's all in the feet. And uh, he did that. He was sleep 60s from Chemist Warehouse.
0: Only 19-19. You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on SENZ.
1: Welcome back. Yeah, it was great to have a chat to Jonathan Yureko, BBC Tennis Rider, talking about Wimbledon. We just lost him at the end of that uh, conversation. We'll get him back on next week to wrap up Wimbledon. Carlos Alcaraz and Joker continue on. And, well, the favourites in the women's side have been bumbled out in the quarterfinals. Michael Venus, Jamie Murray, hopefully they can continue on and fly the Kiwi flag over there at Wimbledon. Coming up, we got Mark Gaznia, talking state of origin, the Dragons' woes. The situation that is unfolding at the St. George Dragons. Ben Hunt, what does he do? Does he stay on and continue with the Dragons? Well, wait in here from Mark Gasnia. He's coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, together shaping and building New Zealand.
0: Reach your fitness goals with every scoop of INC range at Chemist Warehouse, now 25% off. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. i out, he
5: kicks Slater's picked it up Was he onside? Slater, down the ground He kicks again He'll get there He's over And
4: he's famous. He has One of the great
1: One of the And you got me
0: thirsty
4: For another And a light for Grimaldi as she hits New Horizons as well. It's bronze for New Zealand, for Anna Grimaldi. I just stay if I can for sure. She's done, done it. 261,
1: The allies embrace. centre rises as one Welcome back just after 8 o'clock on a Wednesday morning we've been talking para-athletics, the world championships and a Grimaldi winning uh gaining bronze over at the world champs great to hear that little clip i hope you've enjoyed the show we've been talking all things wimbledon with a little bit of power athletics and then we got some league coming up with mark gasnier and we had kempies off the back fence and richard sent through a great message here Kempi. the whole this whole shambles with cba seems to be about good faith Neither side is showing any and now it has gone on for so long if either side does something in good faith it's just seen as a concession I also find it weird with the players that they are saying they want a mediator and they would adhere to their decision that's strange because mediators only facilitate either side creating the agreement and it's not a bind it's not binding unless both sides agree at the end it's pretty much an, an, a negotiation. And arbitration, on the other hand, is where both sides present their case and an adjudicator decides with which side they will go with. Their decisions are binding from Richard, a mediator, an adjudicator.
2: Yeah, look, my understanding is that the players don't want any more than they they signed for at the last CBA, and the sticking point is actually getting their hands on it and doing with it what they say they want to do with it. And I think the problem with the, uh, the context of the conversation is that the two guys that are actually sitting at the negotiating table have, have um, said some things that have upset each other. And, and you know bringing in a mediator, I don't think you need to bring in a mediator. I think you need to bring in a different negotiating team on both sides. They all sit in a room together and they get to that common ground and then they make a decision which they take back to the players. The players should be deciding yes or no. Like, put it to a vote and let the players decide. The other part for me, too, is just, and, and I know this, because when that hooter at the freezing works first went and we and the and the delegate went past when I was 16, and the delegate went past and said, boys, we're, we're on strike Meet up in the cafeteria. If the surf was pumping, we went straight to the surf. <laughs> Because we knew, mate, the boys the boys were up there negotiating. Mate, we we didn't we didn't care. The old boys were making up the decision. So how many of the players, my point being, actually know what's Mm. going on?
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting just interesting to know that, Kimpi. And who is leading the conversations from a player's point of view? Who have you got any names?
2: Uh, well, you've got Clint Newton, but, but in the players, it's the it's the Ben Hunts, you know what I mean? The Adam Reynolds, mm. all the... You know, mm. back in 2003, it was like the Gordy Tallesses, the Cam Smiths, and those type of guys. I actually think what you need is you need, you know, like a Wayne Bennett, a, um, a, a Bellamy, and then you need, you know, players in my era, you need players in Cam Smith and Gordy's era, and then you need current players, because you can't have current players only making decisions about the past when they don't yeah. really know what happened in the past, you know? Um, so I just think, you know, I, I hear the texter around a mediator. I think it's a whole new negotiating team, mate. That's, that's my personal belief.
1: Well, Mark Gasnier spoke about it, CBA, State of Origin, and the Dragon's Woes. Let's hear from him right now.
0: It's
2: well, we know that Origin is just about to happen again. The They reckon it's a dead rubber, but we're talking to someone who's played for New South Wales, former Dragon, former Kangaroo, mm-hmm. Mark Gasney, joins us on the line now. Mark, how are you this morning?
8: Good morning, guys. Good. How are you?
2: Yeah, mate. No, we're all good. We're looking forward to the game tonight. What's the feeling, mate, uh, for this one, given it's a dead rubber, but it's in New South Wales?
8: Yeah, look, uh, obviously there's no dead rubbers in Origin when you're playing. Um, It's such a big occasion. It's a game that you definitely get up for. It's going to be interesting. Look, there's a lot of new faces. There's a couple of debutantes, uh, which is probably the best way to do it, you know, Um, making the debut in pressure in that regard. You put a lot of pressure on yourself, but not not from the outside world. So, um, look, I think... It's a a more mobile team. They probably haven't got as much punch. New South Wales, that is. Uh, They're back three. um, They probably won't be as reliant on them. So I expect them to move the ball a lot more than what they have in the first two games.
1: Mate, just just quickly on the changes that they've made uh, with New South Wales and the team. They've got, uh, uh, particularly in the forward pack, mate, and they've got Bradman Best coming in at centres. He's already fired a few shots towards Queensland's way. Can we predict a bit of a difference there?
8: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, especially for a debutant. Um, look Bradman was uh, you know, pretty good young talent coming through the system. Well um, you know, hopefully they can get him a bit of football. Um it's it's a different beast though, origin. It's it's you know, you got a lot less space, you've got a lot less time. Uh, there's a hell of a lot of, you know, inside defence that you kind of, you know, might step one, two and you get cleaned up by a back rower. So um, he seems confident in his comments in the lead-up to the game, but we'll see how he goes. Kulai <laughs> Matangi uh, is another one. He, uh, I think he'll go well. I think he's probably suited to origin. He'll, he'll bring a... He probably won't be hesitant to use his skill. He's got a great offload, good footwork as well. Um, and again, as I said, they're a bit more mobile, you know, with Jake Tavojevic mm. in the front row. Um, but they just lose that little bit of punch um, in regards to putting a dent in the line and playing off the back of them. So I expect uh, probably a lot more running from dummy half. And, you know, if they go with you know, start Reese Robinson or Cookie off the bench, then I expect them to play through the middle a lot more as that kind of half goes on.
2: Yeah. Hey, and the selections during or- Origin, guys. you know, like, uh, has it been somewhat surprising they've used so many players?
8: Um, yeah, I think it has. Look, I, I, the hardest thing is, Tone, like, if you're a coach, see, if I was coaching, then I am probably would have how I want to play and then pick the players. Um, based off that, whereas I feel like they've probably had some problems in game one, then reacted to the problem that might not necess- necessarily be there in game two, but made the changes based on that. So the point I'm making is, it, it you get tested as a coach when you have a theory leading into things, and then you don't get the result in game one, and then you is your theory right? And then if your theory is right, well then you shouldn't really worry too much about selections. And it's easy for me to say because I'm not under the pump every day. But you see coaches (laughs) do it in pre-seasons as well, and it's regardless of whether league or rugby. You know, look at Eddie Jones; his result's probably going to be tested now as well. So, you know, it's really hard as a coach to do all the preparation and all the hard work, and play to a certain theory and um, and a certain way that you think is going to win, and then hold your nerve. And that doesn't mean blind loyalty. It just means, well, hold on. Mm. Did I achieve the way I wanted to play rather than did the opposition just blow us off the park?
1: How do they want to play, Mark? Uh, look, Mitchell Moses, he got put in there in, in game two. Didn't really get an opportunity to, to chance his arm, but he's got Cody Walker coming in, and we've seen what he's been able to do for the Rabbitohs. How do New South Wales have to play to beat this uh, Queensland side?
8: Well, that. <laughs> And that's what I'm subtly saying. I don't think they've necessarily known how exactly Mm. they wanted to play. Mm. I think they kind of thought at the start in the first game, yeah, we want to move them around a little bit and we want to actually play some footy. But then, you know, under a bit of fatigue and under a bit of pressure, their attack was quite clunky. Um, Whereas I thought New South Wales were at their best when they were kind of playing over the advantage line and then playing off the back of it, playing back through the middle of Queensland. Queensland's really hard... Oh, sorry, Origin in general is really hard to do your pretty set plays and play around teams because defences are so honest, um, you know, and and up and in your face. It is a lot harder. So you really got to kind of target those middle forwards that are under a hell of a lot of fatigue and really ask some questions of them. So, um, look, in short, I don't... I think they got a little bit lost on how they wanted to play. And I think that's what mm. got caught up in their results. Cause you think if I look at why they've lost the series so far, I'm probably putting it more on attack than I am defense.
2: What What's so special about this Queensland side?
8: Oh, look, uh, I'm not being arrogant, but I don't think they're special. I think what they've done really well is they've bought into what Billy Slater has been preaching and he's got a good mixture of youth as well as a little bit of experience in there. And, 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 he's really kind of themed things on what the guys are playing for. You two know just as well as I do that, you know, you're representing a lot more than just the jersey, and you need to understand what those have done before you in order to you to have the privileges to where you are currently now. No different to when I was at the Dragons or New South Wales or Australia. And we're lucky that we got taught that really well, that you're not just representing, sure, your family and everything you've been through as a kid to get there. You're representing everything that those before you have done because that's the only reason you have the privilege of being in the position you're in. So I think Billy's done that really well. So these young kids, or with three or four origins, you know, look at the Hammer. He's just playing out of his skin because he believes in what Roddy's representing. You know, he he just doesn't want to let anyone down. And young Reese Reese Walsh as well. You look at how tough he's played. You know, I'll be honest, I didn't think he had mm-hmm. it in him, and that's not being nasty, but you know, he's gone to a Another level with toughness, and if you go back, it reminds me of a young Billy Slater that he yeah, came. I think it was the, the series, and we we had a series. His first game and Fitz, he, Craig Fitzgibbon and Nathan I must absolutely give it to him. He went off, and a lot of people questioned his toughness and things like that. He came back bigger and better, and obviously went on to do what he did. So, you know, I think he's really instilled a lot of belief in the group um, with Origin. It is a it is a different beast. You've got 10 days to nail it, or you get exposed. It
1: just just on there to elaborate a little bit more, uh, Billy Slater, look, uh, you get a sense he's got the buy in. He's got the buy in from the players. For Freddie, does he still have the support of his team? And, and you know, for Freddie, is this still die?
8: Oh, well, look, it, I think he does have the support of his players, without a doubt. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that because he's a mate. I think he really does. Mm. I just think the players have been a little bit unsure when they're under pressure and under fatigue about the way they want Mm -hmm. to play. And you guys know, when it's like that in a high-pressure environment, you know it only takes two clunky sets and all of a sudden there's disconnect there, there's confusion, um, and you're constantly on the back foot defending a lot. And the other team actually gets confidence while your confidence diminishes. So I think Freddie still does have the support. I think they just need to be really clear in what they're doing. Um, as far as what happens after this game, win, lose, or draw, I'm not sure. Um, you know, Fred, I think three losses, three series um, wins, three series losses, I think it is, Freddie's record. So um, that'll be up to New South Wales Rugby League. I think what yeah. Freddie misses is just that, um, you know, if I'm being brutally honest, that you, you need a coach that's coaching week in, week out, to really help um, non-full-time coaches with the detail. You know NRL coaching is a different beast, um, is is in regards to the detail that is required, and that even day to day preparation, week to week, uh, and the lead up and in those camps. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I really don't know. I'd purely be speculating as to what comes out of it, but um, you know, I hope Fred, I hope Fred, if he stays there, he's learned a lot from it, and I think he'll be bigger and better for it. But who knows what New South Wales rugby league will do?
2: Yeah, it's a million dollar question, and Gaz, you know, look you've got the coach under a heap of pressure. Do you think the same could be said about uh, James Tedesco? Is his time up?
8: No, definitely not, mate. I'm a big Teddy fan, and again, you, 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 it's like um, I remember when you know Darren Lockyer. We, we won those 2004, 2005 series, and I remember everyone was saying, you know. Lockie asked him to everyone's done, get rid of them, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then now come in, instilled a whole different set of belief in them. And all of a sudden, you know, this this guy that was challenged will become a legend again. So, uh, you know, Teddy's just been a victim of the rooster season and the confusion in the origin attack. Teddy's still Teddy. You know, you don't lose that overnight. So, um, no, I think he would uh, put it this way. If I was picking the team, he'd be there.
2: Mate, what just uh, just moving on from that? What you know, you've obviously a, a stalwart of the St George team, and and you've got Flanno coming in there, coaching them next year. What, what do you make of the, I guess, the disruptions out of your old team that's happened this year?
8: Uh, look, oh, I think it's been a while in the making. You know, I've uh, I, I had to be careful because I have a lot of respect for the club, and I've told them my thoughts privately. But I think a lot of the, the position they're in now was avoidable. Just through different mm. um, structures within the organisation and people in certain positions, I don't think Flannery is going to fix that, and that's no disrespect to Flano. Mm. Um But I think the the answers to the questions that probably needed to be uh, answered are more in around the structure of the administration and and who controls what, and that's between the commercial department and the football department. So, you know, hopefully they see that Uh, hopefully they make the appropriate changes and invest the appropriate amount of money and then the problem is once that's done you're still in my opinion five to seven years away you know leagues leagues a bit like the titanic when you make these changes structurally in an organization it takes a long time to turn around and those investments in the grassroots pathways and different things like that they take about seven to ten years before you see the fruits of it so um, they've just got to make decisions around the long haul, is what I'm saying, rather than trying to trying to get short term success.
2: Yeah, I I hear exactly what you're saying. I'm pretty sure Newcastle and the Warriors are definitely in that same boat at the moment. Um, I only asked that question about St George because you've got Ben Hunt who goes out and he plays so well for Queensland, and then you've got this this I, I guess contractual issue happening. What where do you see Ben Hunt? Do you still see him at the St George Dragons next year?
8: Yeah, look, I do. I do. I think it just depends on if he's not there, there'll have to be something in it for the Dragons. By that I mean, you know, the NRL's a ruthless business now as well and if they can utilise um, to get some money out of it as well as free up salary cap space and someone's available on the market that might be a decent option, then I think it'll happen. So um, other than that though, I I think he'll be the Dragons.
2: Well, down here in New Zealand, mate, everyone's talking about the Warriors and their run. What do you make of them this year?
8: I love it. Yeah. No, I'm um I've always, you know, <laughs> my time at Fox, I've always been a closet fan of the Warriors. I love the way they play and you know, I, I think a big part of me thinks that sometimes leagues become a bit boring, it's become a bit predictable and you know, unfortunately coaches are incentivized for the other team they coach for the other team to lose rather than coach for them to win and the Warriors don't do that, you know, the Warriors have natural flair, instinct. Um it's a bit more what they do have a little bit have a lot more of this year is resilience, the ability to defend their line, defend sets. Sets. Uh, Sean Johnson's form obviously helps in attack, but I think they're a lot more calculated in what they want to achieve. And more importantly, more than anything, they look like they're enjoying their football. And, you know, you hear a lot about um, the Warriors understanding the, the Polynesian culture and the, the, the mixes of culture and respecting that. And it feels like they're all on the one page this year. From the outside looking in, they look like they're... Uh, they're a unit, and uh, I don't think it's looked like that for a long time. So the big thing is now, though, and, and one thing that's always tested the Warriors is playing not only for 26 rounds, but then getting up for the finals as well. So I hope this year is a really good year for them. I hope they go deep because the reality of it is, you know, as you guys have seen, anyone can beat anyone on the day. And Penrith, while you, you know, if you had to pick a team to win, sure, they might be up there, but they're by no means a standout like they have been the two previous years.
2: Yeah, let's hope they can go. This talk, you know, you've had um, Abdo and Wayne Bennett come out saying bring Origin to New Zealand. Do you think that would work? Come on.
8: Oh, it would work, yeah, without a doubt. Anywhere you take Origin, it's going to work. The, the problems always come down to, and I remember even when I was playing, New South Wales always took what they would say is the, the, the longer-term picture, and we move games to Melbourne, et cetera. It depends on who gives up the home game. So... You know, at this stage, it seems like they're pretty okay with um, whoever has the two games, they give one up and it's played at a neutral location. Now, the only problem comes if, um, you know, teams keep losing away on the road and people will toss up that that's a theory of why they're losing. But long story short, no, it can definitely work. You know, they, 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 it seems like, as I said, that's going to be the blueprint. It's all, a, at the end of the day, a lot of the commercial decisions are based around money and, and that will maximise that. No different to game one being played in Adelaide and you know the the, the, the league's going really well um, over in New Zealand from what I can gather so you know I think it'd be wise to take it there and you've only got to look at the percentage of Polynesian players and the Pacific Island players in the NRL and it's a no-brainer. Yeah
2: I hope it comes down here 100% take hey? we'll let, let you go but before we let you go obviously uh, you've got to pick us a score mate by how much? <laughs>
8: I'm going to say the Blues by 14.
2: There you go, 13 Ooh. plus there. I'll tell you what, the punters on our show, they'll love that. That's Mark Gaznia. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning, Izzy and Kimpy,
1: for breakfast, Mark. You go
2: well, Thanks, mate. Mark.
8: My pleasure, boys. Thanks for having us.
1: There he is, Mark Gaznia, talking all things State of O. And interesting that he's saying, Kimpy, when you've got a player that's been so vocal about not enjoying his time at the Dragons that he is confident that he is going to stay with the Dragons.
2: Yeah, that was, one. not it? Like, talking about Ben Hunt and the saga, mate, there's so much going on in the NRL at the moment, and Ben Hunt wanting out in the NRL, asking the NRL to uh, get him a release. Can't say, happening. Nah, well, I, I t- one of the things that he said, I don't know if you picked it up on it, but he actually talked a little bit about the Warriors and Newcastle in and around development. When he said about Flano's not going to fix it, um, he was talking about St. George, like they go back a lot, you know, they're the team that's won the most premierships in a row um, back in the, I think it was the early 60s. And they're, they're a massive catchment area out that side of uh, Sydney. When you fly into the airport there, you've got St. George, Cronulla side by side. Yeah and what he's basically saying in between lines is that they're not developing their own and they have to get back that that's why it's going to take them seven or 10 years to rebuild it and i think with the yeah. ben hunts and that you just can't release your marquee players he's saying that because you just can't replace them because they don't have the depth um and of course he's a you know he's obviously grandfathers a, reg Gasney was a legend of the game um and he's saying like we got we need to really sort out stuff off the football field and around our own area mm. before we yeah, actually was interesting. talk about you know who the who the players are and I, I found that part Cause I never ever thought about that about St George because no. spoke to Newcastle about it they got the same problem about their catchment area the Warriors and their development of course the Auckland Rugby League taking their players as we've heard to Manly um, and here we have a an inner city suburb of St George having problem with their own recruitment and the recruitment drive in their own area it's it's an interesting space.
1: Yeah, interesting takeaways from that conversation with Mark Gaznia, the legend that played for the Dragons, New South Wales, and the Kangaroos. We're going to shoot off and we'll come back and we'll catch up with Paulie Moati because we've got a wee clip to play for you, Tony Kemp. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Keeping you healthy this winter. Thank you Aroha, it's now time to catch up with Paulie Muati. Bet Live on your favourite sports, download the TAB app today Well Paulie, Kempi thinks he's picked something And he wants to cast your mind over this yesterday I don't know if you remember, but take a listen
3: Well hold on, before we get there Kempe, what do you think you said?
2: Uh, I said... What are the... Oh, let me just re-click, because, you know, well, I ain't got no HIAs. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. I Come got, on. I got no, yeah, let's no see how like the I would have said something like, hang on, Paulie, what are the other two paying? Like, what are the outsiders paying? No, 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 the no, hold on, hold on. What's the multi? There's
3: a big difference between saying what are the other two paying and what are the outsiders paying.
2: And what are the... Well, what are the other two? They are... So you are you telling me yesterday... Let's, it's hey, young hey, reb, let's young go rebs, to the tape.
3: Rebs, let's go to the tape. Let's go to the tape. And find out, Tony Kemp.
2: We're talking about the obviously the Joker and Swatek. What about the other two? Like, what what's the Quinella if we can go um, anywhere else? Is there one there? Have you put a power play on?
3: Now, you, now to me, anywhere that's else? you. No, where's no, that? no. That's me, that's to me. You saying you got Djokovic and Swartek who are the number one seeds. What about the other yeah. two, Alcaraz <laughs> and Sabalenka? That's not you saying the fa- the outsiders. That's not you saying the unseeded.
2: So, where's anywhere else? So do you do you live in Kelcopa cop or you live anywhere else? <laughs> the clarity. <laughs> I knew it. was I
4: knew it this. With the
1: clarity can be. Paulie. From that, Paulie. Tell us Paulie, anywhere what else. What do you get from What do you take away from that? <laughs> Come on.
5: Did he pick it? What take, the upsets. What I, what I take from that is we're going to have to call him Tusi Tala Tony from now on because he tail tales. <laughs> oh, oh, he pulled it mate. off though,
2: Paulie. He pulled it off yesterday.
5: <laughs> yeah, oh. other, guess what? There were more than two left in the comp, to be fair. So who are the other two? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Tempe's very good at going... <laughs> I don't like these two, but he won't tell you who he likes.
2: (laughs) Well, you tell us who you like, Paulie. You tell us who you like. Now that we've got one of them out and the Joker can... I'm not saying anything here, but can the Joker hold on?
5: I think the Joker can. Yeah, I I do. I I think um, his only competition uh, will come from the Spaniard, Alcaraz, so... I think the Joker will be notching up uh another grand slam um on the women's side well it's wide open now isn't it um elenalina mm-hmm. um she's through to the semi finals she's taken on uh Vondrasoba, um who we've we got Sabalenka, um still there uh, Angebe, uh the defending champ uh kina um so uh, yeah that that market's just been turned uh on its head with a look, a, a couple of unseeded players through to the semi-finals, So it's, it sets it up really, really nicely on the ladies' side. Um, I, I don't know. But the men's it's very hard to see joke if it's just the form that he's in at the moment, um, him being beat. So uh, we'll see, Tony. We'll see, Mr. Tusi Tala.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, where's all the money going? Obviously, the big quarterfinal, Jabir taking on Rebekina, a repeat of last year's final. Any money going where?
5: They don't mind the defending champ. Um, she has been very, very well back there. Um, and it's the same thing in the other quarterfinal. Sabalenka uh, is the favourite up against Madison Keys, And she's very, very popular with punters as well. So um, if the money's anything to go by, um, we'll see a, a, Sabalenka, a Sabalenka-Rebekina semifinal uh, in a few days' time.
1: Beautiful. Well, let's talk origin tonight. We just had Mark Gazner on. He reckons, predicts, New South Wales by 14. And I know yesterday you said a lot of money going on Tedesco and Addo Car for try scorers Where's the money going,
5: mate? Well, I'm having a look at the man of the match market. And um, well, no real surprises there. Cameron Munster, he's been very well back to be man of the match Um I guess the best-backed New South Welshman uh, has been Mitchell Moses, who's at $8.50. Oh, I just thought if New South Wales do get up and win this one, it'll be because one of their grunters uh, has done a big, big job up the middle. And I don't mind the look of Jake Trebojevic. Um, he'll do a lot of work for that um, New South Wales forward pack. And I think if they can get up over the top of Queensland, then he's probably... Uh, an outside chance of being a man of the match. And I like the fact that Harry Grant will be starting uh, for uh, Queensland. Um, And and I think uh, he's sort of going to be putting his hand up to say, you know, I'm the number one uh, hooker uh, in Australia and I think I should be here. So I don't mind the look at him for a man of the match either. But in terms of where the money's going in the head to head market, they love Queensland. Um, if the money's anywhere to go by, it'll be a maroon wash uh, later on tonight as <laughs> Queensland left Oh, I'm
1: looking at a couple of the boosted odds, the power plays. One of the boosted odds and boosted options, Damien Cook, Harry Grant. anytime time try-scoring, either team wins 1-12. $5.50. Generous.
5: <laughs> Look, the power plays have been very, very popular with punters. Even the ones a wee bit further down the page... Uh, Izzy, um, we pick a, a first-try scorer and someone else to score a try during the game. They've been picked up as well. So they, they're always popular with punters, but very much so when it comes to big, big footy games and um, state of origin. You don't get too much bigger than that. I'll see I'll give you a tip for Rickland Synthetic as well. Mm, mm. <laughs> yes, please. If I'm going to be an anchor, um, then I'll stop this one. Race three, watch out. <laughs> I think it's around think <laughs> it's around $1.20. $1.20? $1. <laughs>
1: $1. Brett from Huntley has come through and said, mate, what are you doing? You've just plummeted it into dollar twenty. Give us some better odds there, Paulie.
5: <laughs> if, I, if I am the anchor, then I'll stop watch out. There's no way I can stop watch out. Uh, so, yeah, and I'll have a tip of doom for Doombin for Beaven Kirst later on this afternoon, so... Make sure you're listening later on this afternoon to be even because I will have a tip for Doombin um, from a very reliable source as well. What race? No, you get to, you'll have to listen later on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Paulie. You've just stopped. Watch out. What other horse are you going to stop? Don't stop it, Paulie.
5: I heard you talking about Springboks and the squad mm. uh, that they've got. Um, we have got a bonus back promotion on the winning team in Margin in that uh, Springbok All Black test. And, of course, it's not at Eden, the Fortress Eden Park for the All Blacks this weekend. So there's another sort of tick in the Springbok camp. So why don't you take the Springboks 13 and over? Take the big juicy odds on offer for the Springboks 13 no. over. And if they don't win by a big margin, then you, and they only win by 12 and under, you'll get a bonus bet,
1: Oh, How generous. What about this one from Jamie from Wanaka? Boys, I'm going both Kiwi sides at Mount Smart, 12 and under at $8.60. Ooh, that seems like a bit of me. <laughs>
5: Good luck. Good luck, Izzy. <laughs> and Tusi to Teller, Tony. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Paulie. Appreciate it, Paulie. You have a good day, my friend. Good to chat to you. We'll chat to you tomorrow. That was Paulie Moati. Bet, watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please let gamble responsibly. R18. And just on that all back side, Kimpy, they got Will Jordan coming back. Mark Talia. I'm predicting Mark Talia will go to the left wing and replace of Caleb Clark. Yep. But Will Jordan makes for an interesting one. And I want to hear from you after the break. We'll come back, and I want to hear from you on double eight double three. Where does Will Jordan sit in the equation? Does he slot straight back in and full back? And where does Bowden Barrett slip to with Richie Moanga and d taking out the 10 rolls? There's plenty to debate. We'll come back, and we'll chat about it soon.
0: Spend $29 or more
1: on Healthery's Vitamins
0: at Chemist Warehouse and get a free reusable fold-away bag. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
1: Yes, we're talking All Blacks. The team will be announced tomorrow morning and the Springboks have announced a pretty formidable side. A tough outing for our All Blacks. We'll get a really a good line in the sand to see where they're at after this performance. But we're talking selections and there's a few headaches, or well, are they headaches, for the All Blacks. And Aiden McLaughlin, Womble from the Hawks Bay, is going to join us to talk selections. How you doing, Aiden?
4: You Sorry, me, mate, okay? you're
1: cutting out a wee bit. Yeah, got you there, Womble. Uh, mate, uh, in terms of Bowdoin, I thought Bowdoin was outstanding on the weekend at fullback. Um, does that warrant automatic selection? Where does Will Jordan fit in the puzzle?
4: Look, I think the the interesting thing is there's so few games to uh, to mm. really get this this starting lineup sorted out. Um, I'm just wondering if um, it might be time to try something a little bit different. Um, mm. Can you hear me a bit better now, boys? Yeah, gotcha. Is that yep. Bit, yeah, is that a bit better. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if we might take the opportunity with Jordan and Talia coming back just to pick those two on the wing and maybe mix it up a bit and but D Mac at fullback. Just. Um, I think we probably forget that four years ago, Mac was a big candidate to be part of that dual playmaker, wasn't he? Before he got injured and he got ruled out of that world cup. So maybe Mac, you know, with the form he's had, he's played at 10 last week. Maybe Ian Foster mm. says, right, well, we've had a look at 10. Let's see how he fits in in the back three and we can, we can use him and Richie.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. So if J- Will Jordan comes back, is there an opportunity for him to go to the wing and Bowden Barrett to stay at fullback? And where does Nardewa and Talia fit?
4: Yeah, uh, look, I think I think there is. I think the uh, the, the the cries for Will Jordan to go to full-back, I think they're mm. obviously going to be ignored, aren't they? I don't think we're ever going to get to that stage during the end. Foster reign. Um, he's had enough chances mm. to try it. So I think if, if Will Jordan plays, he plays on the wing. And then you're looking at, And um, I think he's always nailed in if he's fit. Uh, And then you're looking at one of the others on the other wing. Um, I like Talaia. I like what he brought last year. Um, Mm. I I would have him ahead of Caleb Clark. Um, Mm. And then the back three, completed probably by Bodie or Damien, just depending on which way that goes, because I think he does want to fit that extra playmaker in at 15. Mm. Uh, love hearing your thoughts, Aidan. We appreciate your call, Womble, and no
1: doubt you'll be tuning into Smithy after 9 o'clock. Thanks so much. Give us a call anytime 0800 150 811 There's a couple of messages coming through, Kempy. Will Jordan starts. He has been the best fullback last couple of years, where Bowden should be lucky to start with his form. And then another one here from Trent. Izzy, you turncoat. coat. One week, Barrett, not up to it. Next week, you're saying maybe he could be in front of Jordan. Barrett is a two time world player of the year who knows what is required to perform at the highest level. You should have never doubted his ability. I didn't doubt his ability. I just said that Will Jordan, I would love to see him playing fullback. Now, Bowden Barrett played outstanding on the weekend. I was the first to admit that on Monday morning. So for me. That creates a headache for Fozzie, and I get a sense we're going to see Bodie back at fullback. And there's also concerns, Kempi, regarding Will Jordan's ability to travel. He's got to travel to France. That was the reason he stayed here in New Zealand because of his migraine issues.
2: Yeah, it's a look for me, Izzy. It's really simple. Okay, so if they're all fit you've got to pick the best team against a South African team. Otherwise, we mm-hmm. saw what happened to Australia and possibly that yeah. could happen. So if you say Mark Talia and Will Jordan are fit, then they start. Mark Talia goes on mm. the wing with Narawa. I think he holds a spot. I was really impressed with the way he started the game. They went to him. He didn't look out of place. Very, very solid. And Will Jordan, if you look at that triangle, so Will Jordan, Richie Moonga mm. and Damien are the best three players in those positions this year. So I would start with Talia and Naroa on the wings because they bring that unknown factor and they can bust lines apart. And I would start with Will Jordan at Fullback and Richie Mawonga because they're the best 10 and 15 running around, won the final. You know what I mean? And have have Dmat mm. coming off the bench in that. I'm sorry, Bodie, but you just haven't put, performed this year even though you've performed in that test and this is the problem in it. So you've, you can't have your mm. cake and eat it too. I'm going to rest these yeah. players and I'm going to give someone a try. Oh, the guys I gave a try played really, really well. I'm going to leave them in there. Mm. Like, what is the philosophy? That's really yeah. confusing.
1: I, I just get a sense with Fozzie, it's going to happen. Um, Kimpy, you know, like with Bodie playing, having a solid performance on the weekend. You know, the, and Will Jordan come back, I just, yeah, know the loyalty, and I know that's probably where he's going to go. And if if Bodie and the back three didn't fire like they did on against Argentina, it would have been an easy decision. But I was calling Will Jordan at the start, Narawa, potentially Mark Talia on the wing. Caleb Clark's got a lot of work to do. Will Jordan is one of the best fullbacks in the world, just ridiculous he doesn't get picked there from Dez. And back three from Mark, Narawa, Leicester, Jordan, D mac on the bench, Richie to start, no room for Boden Barrett. Oh, Oof, there's a lot of calls to be made and uh, we appreciate your calls and messages coming through. Passionate as always. We've got to shoot off and we'll come back. Is Smithy back, lads? Dunno. Maybe Smithy, maybe Louis Herman What coming up.